Welcome to the Broad Talk with your hosts, Dan and James. Welcome to Grog Talk. Welcome to Grog Talk. We've got a lot of things going on. We've got a contest going on. I guess I should talk about that real quick. It ends July 7th at uh, midnight. You can name our our adventure that we're, that Carlos Lysing from Castle Entertainment is going to run at GrogCon 2019. Right. Um, So if you go to, if you email info at grogcon.com or you go to Twitter and you hashtag GrogCon2019, or you go to our website, grogcon.com slash uh, 2019, GrogCon2019 contest, you and post there, you can put the, please put the name of the title that you think, maybe a monster that the, uh, the key monster or theme of the adventure, and then Dan and I will review it this week, and we will announce it on social media, but then we'll talk about it in next week's show. Let me mention, too, where we're broadcasting from That's today. right. Absolutely. We're broadcasting from the Inn of the Dying Minotaur in Rustenford, and I'd like to thank Galcuff, uh, the innkeeper, who... Yeah. This, the food here is great. Wonderful. Have you seen the wine cellar? Uh, I have not. We, there are tours hourly, I heard. It's very nice. Great wine cellar, and uh, you know he claims... You have killed that minute. You remember that Minotaur head? Do you yeah. see the stuffed Minotaur head right. when you walk in? It looked. It looked like it was imported. He. Cl- oh. Oh. Did you see like a maiden Greyhawk or something? Or that's right. I don't know enough. I don't know Greyhawk very well, so I don't know specific areas. But well, Greyhawk is. Uh, I mean, that would be the largest place, but it seemed more of a Far East thing from like the Spinwood. Uh, uh, not Spinwood Marches. That's Traveler, but the Driftwood Isles, so, which is from the east co- east side of the. Uh, Greyhawk. So you saw a little tag dangling? That's right. It looked fake. Because <laughs> he said he killed it. Right. Oh, wow. Well, that was a big thing, I think, a couple hundred years ago, or, you know, recently, you know, where people would uh, claim, you know, they would take, they didn't have Instagram back then. So the idea was, this was their version of Instagram, where they would take these shots of, uh, people would go out, kill these minotaurs, and then people would take props. Apparently, he, he bought, he just kept it. So yeah, I think okay. it's suspicious. Well, that's very very rude to our host, but so thank you to uh, Galka, whether he killed the Minotaur or not. We don't know. I don't want, uh, you know, if, if this comes later to be found out it's not true, then I don't want it to, our reputation to be impinged by this. That's, that's integrity is what well, we're you all should, about. You should have thought of that before you said it on the air. <laughs> Galka's probably watching. Well, then then we need to beat feet as soon as we get out of here. As soon as we get well, you'll out. edit that out. No, well, it's live streaming, so for our... Our listeners, or listen, listener, listener. Um, Actually, it's zero. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you never know. You're right. It's zero. <laughs> we have zero. Well, you know, it's Let's it's see. amazing if you don't let people know and you change the time, people don't show up. It's amazing how that works. That's true. We snuck one in on them. Right, which is okay. This will probably be our worst or best one. So go ahead. So what are we supposed to be doing now? Okay. We're going to do a random encounter. Or a title. We also have a title coming up for Carlos oh, yeah. Lysing. Let's, yeah, let's, let's do our title because... Shall we title? Yes, let's title first because uh, that's been a new segment here. I'll look this up. And Dan, you can explain what we're doing. Okay, so we are going to give Carlos Lysing a title. We have two people who have been given titles so far, David Thompson and Vic Dorso. And I don't know what... what what gives you the right to get a title? Ah. I, we haven't really established that as of yet. We've just been throwing around. And I'd like to actually clear something up. Okay. Um, which is that uh, 
David Thompson is a patron. That's correct. And not long thereafter, he received a title. Right. And there's been some suggestion that perhaps we you can buy titles. So maybe... <laughs> We may, you know, buy offices, and maybe we should clear that up. I, and, and, and it's interesting, because I don't know if we're going to clear it up by saying we don't, titles are not for sale, that would be dishonorable, or whether we're going to say titles are absolutely for sale. Well, I think, um, without a doubt, they are for sale. Perfect. And uh, only because, now that's the crude way of looking at it. The, re, the way we like to say it is, if you are a, a supporter of uh, what we do here through Patreon, you have decided that uh, through your vast resources and means have contributed to this. And because of that, you're part of the Grog Talk uh, empire. At and that so point. you get, what, like a fiefdom? What would right. you get, right? You're, you're going to get some landed uh, title with that. And so depending on where it is, um, I will say if you're closer to us, the amount of land you will get is probably smaller because we assume we're going to get more people here. Right. So, uh, you know, the Archduke Thompson, because he's in Australia, he basically... He got all of it. He got all of Australia. <laughs> um, you know, so if you're in Antarctica or South America, now would be the time to become a patron. And, or Asia, so far we haven't given yes. out Africa. Uh, if you want a large landmass to be claimed, you know, it's kind of like in the old days... Uh, when someone landed for the king or queen or for country, you know, they would just give as far as the eye could see. But uh, Right, like the land grants would go to the Pacific, I believe, back correct. in the, right? Exactly. Like I think Connecticut at some point claimed it too. So, so Archduke That's right. Thompson? Archduke, yes. Let me Archduke Thompson. All right, the, so, the commander so, and most astonishing patron, crown prince, and honorable well, that's that's Vic. I'm, I apologize. I was trying to. I was going to get to him. Like he is the North Star. He only has a state. Yeah, because I was going to say it started with David. So the Chamberlain is August Potency Archduke, the shrewd guardian of Australia. He got all of Australia. Right. Uh, Vic Dorso, the commander and most astonishing patron, crown prince, and honorable scourge of the North Star state. He he got Minnesota. Right. And Carlos is getting Cleveland. <laughs> right. That's, it, that's where he lives. Correct. Right? Cleveland. He, he lives in Cleveland. Not the suburbs. Cleveland proper. Right. Well, we may need to give the suburbs to somebody else. Yeah, we have to be careful with that. We assume there are going to be so many pay- It's like a subway franchise. We don't want to pack them two together because then it diminishes. It. But, get, yeah, we should be seeing like the west side of Cleveland. So if you are a friend of the, of the uh, podcast and you're a friend of Grog Talk or, and you're supporting GrogCon directly, in this case, Vic and um, Carlos are hosting and being a DM, they will receive a title. If they... Um, if you are a member of our patron group, you would receive one at any level. Obviously, you know we would appreciate whatever you can afford and you think this, this shenanigans is worth. And you just need to let us know what land area that you know, you're going to make a claim for the Grog Empire for a certain area. And then we would review it. We would go over. We'd bring it to our legal area. We would review the ancient titles and deeds. Yeah, we've got to give it to the, legal, the Grog Talk legal department. Right. They'd have to confirm that this is a legal claim, that no one else has a claim on it. Probably, right. Usually this, you know, as, and the other reason for doing this now is because your claim is getting processed pretty quickly now. Right. But once we have thousands of patrons who are going to be claiming, we have to, we have to plot maps and make sure there's no boundaries over us. Uh, you know, because Columbus, Ohio versus Cleveland, mm-hmm. we're not really from there. We'd have to check. So this is the opportunity to join this now. Right. So jump on that fast. Right. And, and here's what you get from it. We're going to, for Carlos, we're going to uh, give him his title right now. We have now. deemed Carlos Lising worthy right. of receiving a title. So all right. So we're ready to roll. And so being added to the heldry and so, given a title. 
And, and where we get your title is from the Best of Dragon magazine, volume number five, republishes an article called What Do You Call a 25th Level Wizard, Whatever He Wants by Brian Bloom from issue number 21, November 1978. It is a way to give titles. So, uh, all right. Shall we do the rolling? It's we shall. One to 15 is the first one. All right, so we're back to- Oh, that's right. I put the dice out and I forgot. Sadly, this is one of those segments where- You have a one to 30 though. We can't roll. That's true. Do you want to do that? And then we would uh, we'd roll, we'd, what we would divide well, by- Well, here, this one, we could divide by two, the D30. Right. Yeah, so we can do that. That'll work. And yeah, yeah, let me get these out of here for you. This is a giant dice. Isn't that great? 14, so seven. Okay. Well, I gotta start typing this because last time I had to go back. Oh, are we? I guess we're doing. Are you doing repeats? It's Chamberlain. Well, I don't see why not. Okay, he's the head of household. That's what they, uh, Archduke Thompson. Told you have a good memory. So Chamber Chamberlain. Spelled wrong. Chamber with R. Just like the general. Like the general who yesterday saved Little Round Top. Oh, really? Okay. Okay, cool. Let's keep going. Chamberlain. Okay. Oh, it's straight up die 30. Do you want me to roll while you type? No, I th either. I'm good. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I don't care. I like it. I think you like rolling dice, so. I ahead. do. Well, don't all players? Renowned. Well, it's Oh, hit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Hold on. That's right. We're going to random that or we're going to pick? Oh, we're going to random this, okay. right? I think it's. There's five of them? Yeah. I, well, there's. That's one. Two. Two, three. Well, I don't know. I'm going to roll four. I don't really understand this one very well. Do you have a D4? Why is my D4? You've lost your mind. There's no D4. Okay. Well, there's a D8. There's a D8. Two. Two. What's that? His most. His most. Chamberlain, his most. Okay, keep going. All right. Okay, now we got I mean, the... I mean to give you a photocopy of that so you can kind of look through it so this, can, this process can go a little smoother. Renowned. Renowned. That's why I should really write the numbers on there. Oh, a one. Illustriousness. <laughs> Spell that? Oh, sorry. I can't, but I can look at it. I-L-L-U-S-T. U-S-T, huh? R-I-O-U. S-T-R-I-O-U-S, okay. N-E-S-S. Okay, we'll have to check that. That was Chamberlain. Chamberlain is most renowned illustriousness. Wow. Baron. Okay. Oh, he's Baron. We, I said Baron Lysing. That's right. See? These things don't lie. Oh, look at this one. Wait a second. No. Yeah, this, is we've the, got, this is the 61. This is, oh. We don't have a way to do 60. No, you better so do that. I'm going to have to do the die 60. I'm sorry. You, 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 something for you to work on. It's rolling. 28. Okay. okay. Oh, so that would be 30. Try. Irresistible. Ir wow. That sounds a little, a little disturbing. His, his most renowned, illustrious baron, irresistible. Irresistible. Uh-huh. Okay, now it's on to 30. So I guess I'll roll that 30. 13. 13. Sorry, my... Immolator. Uh, immolator. What's, a, what's an immolator? Well, if it's immolation, I think it's fire, fire? thing, yeah. Immolator. The irresistible immolator. <laughs> of Cleveland. Of Cleveland. Should probably look up. He's burning down Cleveland. 
irresistible emulator. Well, he did burn. We used fireball, and that's what killed us. So, flame. It's like a flamethrower tank. It's yes, like, I love it. Baron Lising is on fire. He's on fire. Duh. Well, now he's setting things on fire. To kill as a kill, especially by fire. Okay. So we are ready to pr proclaim and pr pronounce his. Uh, Bestow his title, correct? We are. So it is the Chamberlain, his most renowned. Illustriousness Baron, irresistible, irresistible immolator Im of Cleveland. Carlos Lysing. AKA Carlos Lysing. That's right. All right. Congratulations. I think he'll like to be irresistible immolator. <laughs> irresistible. You can't. That should be the name of his module. Irresistible immolator. <laughs> There's a lot to work with there, to, isn't there? To defeat the irresistible immolator. I love it. So what you do is you lure people, and then you pull out this blowtorch. This flamethrower. It's just, it's just a, well, it's like a, get, a super burning hands or something. It's yeah, a blowtorch might not be. It doesn't have a good range. No. Well, if you're hugging, you're irresistible. Come here. That's right. Come here. Then Whoa. I, then I, it's like uh, they bur it melts you to death. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, but then you may catch on fire, too. I wouldn't go with the hug. I think the flamethrower is the better way. Burning hands. A very powerful burning hand spell. You know, it just shoots yeah. out a flame a few feet. So you could be an expert mm -hmm. in fire-based spells. Right. You're the irresistible. You have a high charisma. Right. Or charm, some kind of charm thing. Where they oh, those, you absolutely. You have a high charisma. You have charm spells. You charm them, and then you immolate them. <laughs> Not for any other game, just because that's what you do. That's the end. That is the end game. Right. And if you're in Cleveland... Be on the lookout for him. Stay out of Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland rocks. No, Cleveland burns with Carlos. That's good. I think he'll appreciate that. So Yeah. Um, of the ones, that is the most disturbing, you know. It's, and it's gotten more disturbing as this continues. First, you know, um, David's was, well, very nice. You know, he's then Vic is a scourge. Yeah. Now he's an immolator. Well, the dice don't lie. My no, friend. I think it's 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 like you go to the fair and they, they tell your fortune. This is this is as accurate as anything else. Oh, without question, absolutely. All right. Okay. Well, I think that's good. Now we are ready. Thank you for reminding me. Now we are ready for random encounters. We're going to do a couple. We're going to do the monster random encounter, and then we're going to do a random spell since we talked. Right. About it. Right. I like that. Spell selection. I like it because we can talk about that. And hopefully it'll be push or mending because we're very versed on that at this point. Well, that's, that's the inspiration for that segment is having learned. Did, did, did um, oh boy, this is tough. Could you go back to David Thompson? This is rough. Yeah. Did um, the Chamberlain, his August Potency, Archduke, the Shrewd Guardian of Australia, mention any real use for men? Oh, he did. That was the yes, monster. That was the Hermonculus. That little red Hermonculus. So yeah. you're right. That, so those spells are. So I hope the, it's something that we know because if he's not on, this is going to be a short segment. If we just want to say, and now Otuk's freezing spear. Okay, great. That's <laughs> thanks a lot. Has a range of. <laughs> hang on, just a second here. That's it right. says the you need a piece of rope. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, there wouldn't it wouldn't be a whole lot. Okay, well I know you like to roll these, and you I can do. roll these with. Can you believe I've lost? How do you lose two dice? How do you lose an enormous four-sided die? Did you have a four-sided die with that? Thing? Of course, see. Well, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure. Okay. So, all right, you're gonna roll a ten-sided die. Yep. Is that ten-sided. It is. Okay. Find out where we are. Three. We're in a dungeon. Still, we can't get out of the dungeon. We're stuck here. All right. Roll a ten-sided. We need to know the monster level. Five. Okay. Monster five. level five. I need you to roll a. What do you need to roll? Uh, eight and a twelve. Yeah. 
Good memory. Three. This is going to be rare. A cloaker. Ooh, a cloaker. From the Monster Manual 2, which means I know nothing about the cloaker. Okay, well, I, I know something about this. Do you realize this Monster Manual 2 costs $1,000? Look at that. One. I, I, I don't think that's what it is. One thousand. That's what I paid. It just says a thousand. I, I think Jacob it. Young paid that. And I like the way he wrote his why. So, Jacob Young, if you're out there and you yeah. want your Monster Manual 2 back, Dan we will send it to you for free. No, for... He will send it to you for free because he cares about getting people to uh, unite their books in that. So he'll send it free with a personalized picture and potentially a $50 savings bond. Do you think that's reasonable? That is, I think that that's reasonable. I think that we should also give an update on the book reunification project. <laughs> to date... Do we have a do you have a drum roll? You probably don't yes. have a drum roll. No, I don't have a drum roll. But we have uh, I, I can tell you how many uh, books we have reunified. How many? Um, none. Zero. Okay, moving on. That but, was an exciting segment. I know that was good. The cloak. Oh, this is ridiculous. Look at this picture. I can't take this thing seriously. I, I take the sheet phantom <laughs> more seriously. That's why I love it because it's in the line with the sheet phantom. Go ahead. I don't know. What do you mean? Go ahead. I don't know anything about I'll the cloakers from Monster Manual Two. It is right. a shadow dwelling, mm -hmm. unearthly. Creature. Yeah. What does it, an earthling mean? You mean just mean not of this earth? Apparently not of this earth. They are normally only encountered in deep, dark caverns, far beneath the earth. Though they are highly intelligent, their thought processes are alien to most races, and usually only magic users are able to communicate with them. A cloak resembles a large semicircular cloak or blanket with two claw-like appendages at the tips and a mm -hmm. long mace-like tail. Black eye spots cover its back, like buttons on a cloak, and when the tail is hidden, it is almost impossible to distinguish a cloaker from a real cloak. Oh, so what? it is like the sheet phantom, I'm and that you think you. the sheet phantom now, is a sheet. Now again, show the picture of it up there, on the screen right there. I and I, it, this, you don't know this, there's three, everything is three, um, uh, what is it, two, two degrees from Carlos Slicing. By the way, I'm going to show you how this is related oh. to Carlos Slicing. Oh, that's an excellent episode. Uh, that's an excellent segment. Two, two degrees. Two degrees from, Car from Carlos Slicing. Well, some two degrees. Two degrees from the illustrious. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, not, the, no, the, the irresistible emulator. Right. Yeah, oh, wait, the I squared segment. Two degrees from I squared. I squared. I like two degrees from I squared. Okay, okay cool. so this is like the. So you think it's a cloak. Is that what's what happened? That's right. Well, it can be. In the middle. Okay. And when it flies. It flies out of carriage and wrapping the victim in their folds, pinning the victim's arms and preventing the victim from returning the attack. Once it's wrapped, it may then bite at the belly or back. That tickles. Uh, that does damage. With its tail, any attacks on the cloaker while it's wrapped around a victim will cause half damage to the victim and half damage to the cloaker? Yeah. You better have more hit points. Yeah. I well, can do the math on that. It has six hit dice, so it's a beast. Okay, so... What well, gets worse? Really? How it, subsonic moaning? Mm-hmm. Cloakers may not bite and moan at the same time. This moaning can cause several effects, as the monster desires. The low-intensity level of moaning causes nervousness and ease. So is that like what may have been in the uh, American Embassy in Cuba? That's right. It's an, it's a, it's an intelligence uh, anti-espionage um, weapon. Or yeah. in China? It will numb the minds of those who listen to it for more than six consecutive turns, making them zombie-like? That's right. So this, so you want me to show... And it has spells? 
Well, well the second level intensity evokes fear. Stink- yep, and then there's stinking cloud or hold person. So you better find this thing, and you better beat it up and kill it before it starts doing its moaning. Oh, this is awful. That's why it's a level five monster. You know, it's also interesting. It's highly intelligent, which you like. You like creatures that are highly intelligent. And look at its alignment. Yeah, it's chaotic neutral. It's not evil. No, it's not. It just seeks to do... Just... It's strange, though. Yeah, That's it's strange. alien to most Ross, and only magic users are able to communicate. Only magic users are able to communicate with them. Okay, do we? So now you want to know what how this relates to? Um, yeah, two Carlos? degrees from okay. Carlos Lysen. Right. So the first close to get the cloaker, I believe, the first time it was used was in this module. Do you know what the this is? There, there's the cloaker. Do you know wow. this module? Is that one of the slave lords? It is. Which one do you think it is? If it's um, A2. Wow. And what makes A2 so important? It, was it written by Gary Gygax? Uh, no, it was written by Harold Johnson and Tom Mulday. <laughs> what is interesting related to Carlos Lysing? Oh, well, of course, he did the... Uh, he did the uh, that's right. Marquesa. Marquesa. Marquesa is featured in here, and his series, right. the Marquesa series, is from right. So this is I've how. I've been through two of those, so there it is. So this is how the cloaker is tied into Carlos Lysing. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Now, that's a good picture. That looks like, is that, yeah, of course, Errol Otis, right? Yeah. That's a so, great picture. So on the back of A2, there is a picture of the cloaker. Okay, this picture has made me now like the cloaker. Okay. I didn't like the cloaker so much. Until I saw this picture. That looks pretty cool. And so I remember having this module, and, and I had to go, my mother had to go to some kind of state agency every once in a while for something, probably because she not was on probation. Or, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know. Some, some, something like that, right? She had to go to doctors or something. And this is what I brought with me to keep me reading. And so the cloaker is used to um, anesthetize and hypnotize slaves, it's used to pacify them. Oh. So that's how the cloaker is used in this. And the description of the cloaker is in here as well. So they have so there are three pictures of cloakers. There's that cloaker, there's this cloaker, and then there's this cloaker. Now that doesn't look like Errol Otis. No, I'm not sure who it well it says D. What's oh who's the D eighty one? Who's who's I forget his name. Oh, D, so it'd be interesting uh, to see. Donald is Donald Sutherland, is that him? Is that the um the D right? Uh, oh, without without David Thompson, we're in trouble. This is this is. It'd one. be interesting to know if it changed at all. It looks like it didn't change much. No, it looks like it's almost identical from what I can see from it. Yeah, it does. Okay. So there, there you go. How about that? Yeah, David. I've learned Sutherland. something. David, I believe that's David Sutherland, but maybe it's not because that's just a D. Does it say D with a three? Or just D? I don't know. We have to find out. We'll have to ask uh, our resident artist, or we can look in art in our canon and kind of figure that. So there you go, Cloaker. What do you think about that? I think it's uh, it's interesting. That's what I said. It's interesting. All okay. right. There you go. What do you think about that? So that's what we. Uh, that's the random monster cloaker. If you have something about cloaker, please let us know. All our vast things, or you can put it in the show notes. I mean, in the comments later, because we want to. Um, we would love to find out more about this. Is this not the first time it was seen? Maybe, maybe it was seen some other time. That I'm I still not like aware. the Cheat Phantom better. 
There should be a, a fight off between Sheet Phantom and Cloaker. We should find all sheet or fabric related monsters. Yeah. And just have a. That should be a podcast. A podcast idea. Uh, monsters of the Cloth. There's something cloth? You like that? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You guys can fill it in any way you'd like at that point. Uh, we have Sheet Phantom, we have Cloaker. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some laundry-related joke. It's just not after your joke. It's, I, uh, that was pretty good. Come yeah, on. that's going to be hard to talk. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. You were worried I wasn't going to be on top of my game. I'm surprised. That was pretty good. I you're, slammed that one. You're better tired. I am, well. Except the other state which is sleeping than this. This is one state. Okay, so now we're doing random spell. All right, let's do it. I don't have a separate segment yet for random spell. You keep coming up with these segments. I can't. I know. I'm one, I'm one segment create, ahead of you. can't create the bumper music that you want. I'm going to have to show you how to make your own. Well, I thought, I thought the title, I like spell selection. Spell selection, okay. You know? Maybe, can you, can you steal music for six seconds? Isn't there some law out there that you know. get six seconds? So, you know, this, when, when people say that, especially when people of a certain profession, that almost drives me crazy. It's like when my wife, who's a nurse, goes, oh, I don't know what, what's, what's, what's wrong with you. Aren't you in the medical profession? So that would, I would assume right. that could be some homework for you. Well, so, well a lot of these things are I'm tall not, tales. You know, like, oh, you know, you can well, copyright you get six laws seconds. <laughs> tall tales, fiction. <laughs> Yeah, I, copyright laws are tall tales. No, because I was thinking maybe the song cast a spell on you. Okay. Real quick, you know, would be a nice little bumper for that. Cast right. a spell on you. Well, we could also just, I could just have you say it in a microphone. I cast a spell on you. It would almost be the same effect. Sure. Okay. And, and I could just have some Did sad that? music behind me. <laughs> Where is the, so random determination of scrolls. Isn't there a percentage chance of what? Yes. You're, I think that, that was good. I like you. Do I see? I'm thinking. I, that was good. That I'm is not very leaving. good. The question is, where is that? That's under scrolls. I don't mean to be flipping. It's in the front of it. Well, I know. Right oh, there. random scrolls? Oh, no, it's a discussion of scrolls, not the random determination, right? No, I think it's at the bottom there. What does it what say? It? Oh, there it is. Oh, no. Well, here's the level. Here's right. the range. And then it tells you what kind. So here you can figure out what kind of spell it is. Right. Then you can decide what kind of range it is. That'll be a separate thing. Okay, so where are we, so... This says 30% of all scrolls are clerical, and 25% are druical, 10% of all magic users are illusionist. So you basically roll 2d10 twice. Okay, all right. You roll a d100 twice. First to figure out if it's cleric or magic user, or if it's illusionist or druid. Okay. You can do that. You can roll first. Sure. 73. So that means from... It's going to be, looks like it's clerical. 71 to 100. 30% of oh. all scrolls are clerical. Oh, 30%. So, wow. So that means... Most wait. scrolls are... Oh, dice. Oh, it does a 30% the high end. That's in this it case. It did say that. You're right. You're right. It did say that. All right. So now... You, no, wait a minute. You're not done. Because oh. now you have to figure out if it's a druidical scroll. Mm. Sorry. That's 25%. Oh, what was, oh, right, that's that. Yeah. 21. It is. Oh, that's kind of fun. So now should I just do like a random level? Yeah, I think so. It's. I would just roll D8. Yeah. And, uh, Want to go do that? You can do that. All right. And we'll just, we'll, it, we'll ignore oh, eight. Oh, wait. There's seven. I know. I'm going to ignore eight. I don't agree with that. Keep ignoring. Five. All right. Fifth level, we needed one through ten. All right. Here we go. Oh, that's oh, Three. Anti-plant shell. Wow. Today's 
So what is never the- heard of this spell. Then again, I've never had a druid at that high level. Yes. You normally murder them in your games way before they get to fifth level. Here's the good news: it's very short. The anti-plant shell creates an invisible barrier which keeps out all creatures or missiles of living vegetable material. Thus, a druid and any creatures in the shell is protected from attacking plants or vegetable creatures, such as shambling mounds or treants. Mm-hmm. The spell lasts for one turn per level experience of the druid. Okay. So it said missiles that are live. Did I, did I hear that right? All creatures or missiles of living vegetable material. Yeah, what is a missile of living vegetable material? I mean, right. asparagus? A- acorn? You can shoot. Is it acorn? In a sling. Right. And so- an asparagus in a bow. <laughs> asparagus. Attack of the veggie monsters. <laughs> well, if it's, oh, but if it's not living. The asparagus has to be alive. It is, has to is, be positive. Is an acorn alive? Oh, after it falls off the tree? Well, eventually it becomes a tree, but at, uh, but that, at the point, is it alive there? Or does it have to germinate? What's this is the, the kind of discussion which would actually happen during Dragon's game. foot. No, but more... more this, <laughs> dragon's foot. What would this... Okay, yeah, what would be a missile of living vegetables? Right. But even if it's an acorn, who's shooting an acorn? This tree this tree ant is throwing acorns Oh, is that what the tree... What? I don't know. I'm just making it up. I have no idea. I mean, it's a stupid spell. How many creatures the only, are there? The only there? shell I like is magic shell. You know the stuff you put on your ice cream? That's really good. Magic it's, shell. How does that work? I, it's some chemical thing when it gets cold. Anti-magic shell is okay, but magic shell is the best. Anti-plank shell is terrible. We should do a little magic shell. <laughs> magic shell. Demonstration here. Uh, it doesn't work on radio, but yeah, but we could eat. I, I love that. That stuff is amazing. <laughs> yeah, this, okay. We, oh, see, this is really where not having David Thompson hurts. Because right. David Thompson would be like, oh, no, no, he's, guys. He's, he's probably falling asleep right now, getting ready. <laughs> he's got to work tomorrow. Well, you know, I, they just celebrated the 4th there in Australia. It's a big event everywhere in the world, right? You know, at least from an American's perspective. Who doesn't happy, support- happy to be rid of them. <laughs> Get out of the Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. It's, You're it's so obnoxious. The, it's that family member who says, I'm moving far away, and everyone's like, good. Yeah. You know, that's really, see, that's, it's a little known fact mm. that the British, they surrendered because they were just like, reverse whatever. That's right. Reverse Please, yeah, right. go. That's right. We thought we all won. No, they They're like, let. let the French trap us at Yorktown. Yeah. So, but, so anti-plant show. I, I would like to know what is a live seven, vegetable missile. That still is something I can't really wrap my head around. Do you remember, was that live vegetable missile? Do you remember that? You don't remember them? No, they were alt ska band. I didn't really watch them. Oh yeah, I like live ska. Yeah, I like that. Ska, ska, yeah. ska rave. Skanking pickle. <laughs> skanking pickle. Really? Maybe it was a skanky pickle. Skanking. Skanking. So it's level five. Level there's five. So there's so many here. Skanking pickle. That's a ripoff at level five. This is a bargain bin. Yeah. This is a level one bargain. This should be a cantrip. I mean, I guess, I guess if you're facing a shambling mound, it'd be awesome. But so basically, you have to, you have to know, right? You're going to be facing one of these creatures because you know it lasts. Its duration is one turn plus. You're not going to cast it. Who's going into just a dungeon and the druid's like, "I'm casting my anti-plant shell," right? Unless you know that there's going to be a shambling mound or something else, or vegapygmies. Are there some sort of swamp creatures? Vegapygmy. That's not a real thing. You don't mess with me. Is that a real thing? It's a veggie pygmy. I don't care. Veggie pygmy. That is, must be Monster Manual too. It is Monster Manual too because it it's is. from S three. Okay. There's a lot of those weird plant creatures. If I was going to S three, tip spoilers. If you don't know S three, 
Antiplancha would actually be somewhat useful there. What level of a druid do you need to be to have a level five spell though? It's either seventh or ninth. No, it's gotta be at least eighth. So look, that's you're beyond the level, aren't you? Aren't you busting that's A2. Home beyond the level? No, uh, S3 goes to eight to 12 or okay. something. Okay, okay. Yeah, this one doesn't seem very useful to me. Yeah, if you go to uh, just a couple more pages. This is druid this, right there, what does it say? Yeah, this, this is a druid. Fifth level, so fifth level spell, yeah, not, not until ninth, yeah. so you get ninth level. Now the good news is you can pray for any, but Druids pray, yes. who do Druids pray to? They pray to the nature spirits. Okay. They pray to the tree that is gonna attack them and say, please let me have a spell I that think protects if, me. If you had a Celtic, you, or you uh, be Celtic, yeah. uh, pantheon, you could pray to a Celtic deity, right? I, I believe so, that was kind of later after the fact, but the idea was pray to the nature spirits. How we always did it. Okay, so yeah, that's a very that I I think that spell is is overpriced, way overpriced. But I guess it could come in useful in a pinch. Well, the, and the, this is the challenge with uh, druids is they are very as their a lot of their spells are specialized. They have to you have to be outside. You have to attack things of nature. If you don't have that, you're kind of out of gas. Do you do you think so? Would this work against the cloaker? The cloaker, well, no, it would not, because it has to be live vegetable material. I don't think that kind of fits. No. That, that would be a stretch. But yeah. the sheet phantom, perhaps, if it was the burlap phantom or the... You mean if there's like some corn, somebody's some, gone to bed with like some corn <laughs> in their beard and it had gone into the... Yeah, that's so, anything like that. Or uh, if there was yeah. a scarecrow, there's a scarecrow monster. Oh, I know the scarecrow. Right. So that would work against, is that Fiendfolio? What is that? Fiendfolio. I think it, I would, I would at least somewhat, I would give them a chance that it would work. Right, Scarecrow? Right? Yeah, Scarecrow. Yeah. Enchanted versions of regular Scarecrows. Created from a variety of materials. Here we go. Wooden bodies and limbs. Turnip heads, for instance. Yeah. So I've got a turnip head. Turnips are vegetables. Yeah, but it's got to be alive. It's enchanted. It's not well, living. It's, a, it's it alive living? now. It's animated. It's enchanted. Yeah. I it's think, enchanted alive? I think if you're going to make it somewhat useful, you got to go with if it's enchanted. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because yeah, then it's completely useless. Yeah, if it didn't work on Unless that. it's a shambling mount. All right. Or pygmy. Okay. That's what I say. Okay. All right. We feel okay about that? Yeah. Remind me not to play a druid. That's what I've learned from that spell selection segment. Druids, they have some advantages and they have some big disadvantages, and that's one of their big disadvantages. They don't have powerful... Uh, they have some great spells at 7th level, but A, you'll never get there, usually, if you've got to fight through other druids and to the death or defeat them. There's just not a whole lot that they can do. But um, they do. they are... For the right campaign, they're pretty fun. But yeah, here's the problem with fifth level. You have animal growth, meh. Animal summoning, meh. Anti-plant shell, meh. Commune with nature, control winds, insect plague. That's your probably your That's favorite. a good one. That's what you would have. Pass plant, I don't think so. Uh, uh, sticks to snakes, which is a fourth level cleric spell, which absolutely makes no sense why it would be a fifth level druid spell. It should be the opposite. Right, should be a third and sticks both are nature. Oh right, transmute rock to mud, which is pretty okay. But it's also magic user fifth level and wall of fire. So. Oh, so rock to mud? Can you do a big mudslide if someone's standing mm -hmm. in front of a I cliff think, or something? And I'm pretty or? sure it's reversible too. Make mud to rock. 
which is also very important. So someone's standing in mud? You could lock them in there. That's nice, okay, well, so, that's a little better. So the point is like a lot of the first, first edition D&D spells, but this is where we need you all, uh, either in the comments, in this, or send us an email, info at grogcon.com. Give us a reason why we would use these spells besides the, the ones we've thought of, which are pretty lame. So do you think Gary Gygax was sitting there and saying, all right, you know, he's been through magic user spells, yep. and those, those flow freely. He's, he's got lots of ideas. And then he gets to Druid, and he's like, ah. yeah. He, like, writes down three, yeah. animal friendship or whatever. And, and then he's Commune like. Commune with uh, burring animals, which should be a spell. I don't know. It should be. I don't understand why that's not a spell. Well, but. speak with animals is, I assume, a spell, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. And but. then you think he just sort of struggled and he's like, oh. Well, this is where I think we could get help from our, our, our you know, the, the uh, scourge of, the, of uh, the North Star State because he has some inroads to some of the history back then. I'd be curious, who was the advocate for Druids? Because I don't know if that was a Gary oh. Gygax thing or not. Came if, up with it that. sounded to me, you know, he had the core classes, the fighting man, the, the magic user, and the cleric. Right. And then other things got popped in there. there there's no, th- I believe in OD and right. there's no thief, right? Re- refer- that was a supplement added. So mm-hmm. these other things came. I don't feel like all of them came from Gary Gygax. I feel like there are groups during, or either they got ideas, people would send them. I know there was a couple, I think it was the Sassan or one of those. Someone had, you know, basically mailed them mm-hmm. that idea. Sassan or Palin, I don't know, one of those. So I'm curious, who was the genesis of the Druid? Yeah, um, it is interesting. And what about, is there something maybe with vines that writhe and grab onto you? Is there a monster like that? I'm just throwing things out there now. Uh, uh, know? The creeper vine, the, um, the yellow musk creeper. You remember that? You, we, we had that in one of our modules. Oh, so that's, is something come out? I see a picture of something coming yeah, out of the eyes. Yeah, that's... Fiend folio? Uh, yeah, I think it's yellow. Yeah, it's in the team Yellow musk creeper. Well, I had I had yellow that's, mold. Yeah, that's it's way back. Oh. There it is. Yellow musk zombie. And, well, that's what created from the yellow musk creeper. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So a large light green climbing plant. So it would work against that. Yeah. So the question is spores. Now that could be very interesting. Oh. So like oh, uh, yeah. yellow mold. Yes. Well, wait. It's having vegetable. Is mold a vegetable? I don't know. I've eaten vegetables with mold, but I don't know that that makes it. It said plant material. It's anti-plant shell. Oh. Yeah. What did it say? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, vegetable. well it's just vegetation, really. Right. Right? Right. So now it's getting interesting. Because if you knew you had, like, green slime. Oh. It's plant. Oh. That's interesting. It's, it's actually becoming more useful now. Wow. The tide is turning. Right. I mean, literally, in John's game, I would have that on because for if we, I, we would be trying to get scrolls at because we've had almost two characters die from green slime. The anti-plant shell, which keeps out all creature missiles. Yeah, well, of living vegetable. Vegetable material. It has to be vegetable. It doesn't, it's called plant. Oh, you know what? I wonder if it's in the DMG. I'm sure it's not because Gygax is like, I'm, I'm not going to say anything more. Well, about then that. later it says, thus the druid is protected from attacking plants or vegetable creatures such plants as plants or. Oh. That's right. So it, it I, to me, I think that counts. Well, so. I agree because you need to. You clearly need to err on the side of 
more expansive right. than narrow. For so this now bell. you get molds. I wouldn't get puddings unless it said they were vegetable material. No pudding. No pudding. No pudding to eat. No pudding but the druid. But you get um, you get plants. I mean, you get a yellow mold, brown mold. You know, brown mold. We probably wouldn't have died. It's not talked about. Not mentioned in the DMG. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the book is silent on it. Yes. Okay. So that's that's something that could be useful. I would argue. I would allow that. So if you were going through, say, a module, and I'm not suggesting this be the name of it, you know, against the molds. Against the molds, that would be perfect. Spot. Right? Not against the puddings. No, but against the puddings would not help. The slimes would help. You had mentioned last week mm-hmm. that puddings, come, black puddings come in different colors. They could come in different colors. Did we col- talk about the colors? Did it just says they can come in different it, colors? No, it, it, we did, I went over them briefly. And so could you have like tapioca? Like what, like what colors? Like it looks like vanilla pudding? Yeah, rice pudding. Uh, well, it says here black, but it says other colors. Um, black puddings sometimes have color variations, gray, brown, and white being not uncommon. Don't you love that? Not sense? uncommon. Not common. Right. Don't necessarily. you necessarily? Yeah. So not uncommon. Black puddings sometimes have color variation, gray, brown, and white being not uncommon. Okay. So you could make a basically any color you'd want, just the ones that are not being not uncommon, are gray, brown, or white. Okay, okay, all right. So the spell is, is not as, return to the spell, it's not as useless as we thought. Well, ju- if you've got a DM that's constantly dropping green slime on you, this thing's a godsend. Right. Yeah, because okay. uh, you, get, you get hit by a green slime, it's pretty much over. So this, green slimes are strange plant growths. And that so would be green slime is in. Inside. It's so now the question is gray ooze in. So slime, green slime is in. Gray ooze is similar. But you've got to know you're going up against the green slime. How does that happen? I mean, you see the green slime. You know, he really, it should have, the duration should have been like a day. Yeah, it would be, well, what did we say? It's, well, it is, it's, it's actually not bad. It's like two, per level. Two turns per level or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it I think it was bad. maybe a turn per level. So that's I, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Please, I, it's sad when you say that. You don't know a turn what? is 10 minutes. It's, it's so confusing. Now the inches, <laughs> that's, how's that work? <laughs> Why are we playing this game? Why are we just I don't what, know. What game would you like to play? Because at some point, we just. I want to, <laughs> Monopoly, checkers. <laughs> checkers. I want to role play the king. Shoots and ladders. That's right, shoots and ladders. Yeah. Well, yes, I definitely think that. Uh, that would cover. I don't know about gray ooze. One I'd turn probably, for yeah, so a couple hours. But it's got to. So gray ooze does it? If it doesn't tell you, then no, the, gray ooze. I would say no. The DM has to mold. I would say yes. Yeah, it's just this slimy horror. Yeah, it doesn't say if it's vegetable based. No, it doesn't. So you'd have to find out if there was a uh, Dragon magazine. Right. Had a before, before 100. Of the gray ooze. This is something that um, we can ask Rob from the Thacko Factor when we have him on. Right. You said this would be, a, you know, you better write that down. Right. We talk to him. Oh, it's in my Anti-plant, an, yeah. Anti-plant shell. Does it work against the gray ooze? Ochre jelly would not work because it's a giant amoeba. Mm. So that would not work on, against ochre right. jelly. Okay. But you, there, there's a little more than we would have thought originally. 
Which is good, because it's still a pretty sucky spell. Yeah. We're really just trying to rehabilitate it. Well, it's just like push or uh, Push is bad. What would you rather have? Push, mending, or what order? Those three. Push, mending, and anti. This would be a different picture if you had anti-plant shell. Right. I'm looking at the treant picture. The druid is laughing in the corner. The the druid's off screen (laughs) laughing. Because he's got the anti-plant shell. Yeah, the fighter ran up and he's... Again, I love the pictures. Yeah. It's always the poor. You know, the, the, the player characters are always losing. This is... You learn a lot from the Monster Manual about first edition, right? They're always... Right. It gives you... It's losing. very instructional. So, um, and by the way, this is probably why we need people to watch this, watch us do this, because we, we, we used to thought we were meandering, now we've really lost it. By the way, this is about elves. We're going to get to elves in Let's two minutes. Let's talk about elves. But, just real quick, in the picture for Treant, what Dan was talking about, it's instructive because you're a fighter, yet you're not using your sword, which is on the thing. You're using a dagger so you can get closer to the giant tree to attack it. Right. Does that make any sense? Well, no. what's his intelligence? That guy's intelligence. Well, apparently it's going to be low. zero because he's going to be ripped from limb to limb when the trans is done with him. Pun intended? Yes. You're welcome. That was coming. But All right. That's it. Shall we talk about elves? Yes. I think these, seg- you- these segments have taken 55, almost 50 minutes of this, which is... We've gone down, you know what? We've gone down from zero <laughs> listeners to zero. <laughs> hey, they're happy Fourth of July. Very nice. So I, most people are busy throughout the world. They're celebrating the 4th of July like we are here in the United States. What else would they be doing? Elves are not. Elves they're, are not. They're dancing. Elves time. So what's, you know, elves are classic. We're going to talk about elves now. Um, so we, again, you're driving this ship because you wanted to talk about the demi. I'm an elf. I don't want to be on a ship. That much I know. Well, you we do. don't like water. You, well, that, but okay. That, it says this, that somewhere. It does. Or somewhere. They don't like water. Except in, except if you've read Lord of the Rings, that's where they go. This is only loosely based on Lord of the Rings. Well, that doesn't mean they like the, the trip on the water. So let's let's get let's this out of the way. Okay. I want to play an elf. Yes. Um, James, can I be an aquatic elf? No. Can I be a drow? No. Well, are we, as long as you're not using the book that's out. It's, 1980, it's 1981. No. Well, am I, am I taking the advice of... Mr. Gygax in uh, what's it page forty two or something? Where what's that? Can I can I be in a can I be a wood elf? Well, page forty something. I don't know if it's forty two. It's 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 playing a monster as a player character. Am I allowing that to happen? No. Okay, then the answer is no. So an aquatic elf is a monster. That's right. Well, everything's a monster unless it's it's a monster unless it's specifically designated in the player's handbook as a race that can be. Used. So here, I agree with that. So here's, although we'd have to look in the glossary, it may be a creature. So, what's the difference? I'm sorry, page 21, 42, I doubled. Okay. So if you're not using, so what we're talking about is, like we talked about last week when we started with dwarves, is how do we, you know, we are humans, we have human traits, we've seen other races portrayed in movies and fiction, and um, they should be more alien. Than they are. Typically, the player wants to use these demi-humans not because they're trying to expand and roleplay. They want the stat advantages that those creatures have. And elves, in particular, have a bunch of advantages. So, um, you know, you could argue, well, that's fine. It's a game. Let them do it. But you want to get some more flavor in your game. Do you want people to try to expand their role-playing and, and really think in the mind of it 
And this is where page 21 talks about, you know, if you're okay with it as a DM, you can let them play dragons or liches or whatever. It's just, how are you going to adjust the power level of a red dragon in a first level party? Well, there's examples that he give there. But the issue of it's making sure that um, you have the, try to have the mindset of the creature or monster that you're playing. That it should influence the way you play the character. So, elves, aquatic, no. Okay, Draft, so no. what is your view on whether or not a player character can be something other than a high elf? Because on page 16 of the player's handbook, Gygax writes that all player characters are considered uh, high elves. Elven player characters are always considered to be high elves, the most common sort of elf. Do you think there is an argument to be made that the DMG... What's your view on whether or not you can implicitly overrule a precedent? So nowhere in the DMG does it expressly say you can be other than a high elf. Right. But on character, and this does say character, age, aging, disease, and death on page 12, right? Right. Every character's creation. So this is not talking about, I think this is talking about PCs, correct? Yes. Then on the age categories, it has all of the L's age categories. In order to establish the order effective age, is there any right for each race of characters? So do you believe, so I'm a player, and I say, uh, DM James, mm-hmm. the DMG... True or is, isn't it true that the DMG supersedes the player's handbook? Uh, well, first I'd say you've, you've... It's a simple yes or no question. No, actually, it, it, not? It, it does. Thank you. And isn't it true that uh, the reference on page 12 and 13 is to rolling up stats for player characters, not NPCs? Right. It does. And isn't it true that in the age categories, which is part of the character age category, PCs, it lists other uh, L's. It does. Did you read page eight? No. Please read page eight paragraph, uh, second paragraph. Oh, wait. Is this binding? You're, you seem to be off into some sort of no. preface here. It's part of the book, page eight, second, second paragraph. What does that say? As this book, bu- this book. Is this book? <laughs> this book? <laughs> German. <laughs> I mean, uh, das Buch. Is the exclusive precinct of the DM. That's why I didn't read it. You did. You you, ref, you referred to it. So. You must view any non-DM player possessing to something less than worthy of honorable death. Right. Peeping players, they will undoubtedly be, uh, but they are simply lessening their own enjoyment of the game. Okay. Well, it, I have a range between lessening enjoyment and honorable death. Wait, so are you saying that... You should kill yourself. I've got to be killed now. That's right. what the point of all this has nothing to do with whether you can be another it's, elf. It's, it's irrelevant whether you're right or not. The point is you violated page eight, which is clearly one of the first things he wanted to make sure that you did. So you, I'll agree to all that, but you're still, in I'm your dead. case, you're dead. I got it. So, all right, no, noting that I should be killed. Right. The fact that you've looked in the DM. What do you think, though? Because, you know, so I always feel like a jerk when I say to the player characters, you got to be a high elf. You know, because that's... The problem I've got is that the DMG doesn't expressly say you can be other than right. a high elf. You see, it's, in, it's implied, but I don't know if Im- Im- implication should override 
that which is expressed. So I, I think you got to be a high elf. What are your thoughts? If you're trying to play by the book. Okay, if you're trying to play by the book. What are you thinking? I think that it really doesn't matter unless there's some, um, unless there is some mechanical advantage to it. So that's where I draw the line on aquatic elves and drow. What about wood? So wood elf? So the question is, is, you know, so in the monster manual on page 39, they describe elves. Right. And, you know, as long as this other stuff really doesn't matter. So, for instance, does it matter to you if someone wants to be a wood elf and they can be a stronger elf versus a smarter elf? Is it, are they mechanically different the wood elf versus the other elf. And my argument is if they want to be a stronger elf, fine. Who cares? The drow and the aquatic elf, that's different. Drow in particular, they have fairy fire and darkness and mm-hmm. they can do a bunch of and things. Female elves are particular. Right? Female right. drow are really. Yeah, they got all kinds of things. So the answer there is no. Unless you're going to just let it wide open, let everyone do it, which is what the book that shall not be named. Which again, if they're reading that, they're drow only legend. They don't even exist. So people should know that. That's what it says. Um, in there. So for me, uh, the question comes down to how do they know about these other elves? Really, it's because someone's read the monster manual and said, oh, I want to be any of these elves. Uh, I normally don't care. Again, if they're, if they're a high elf, the advantage of the high elf or a gray elf is they live longer than a wood elf. And if that matters to you, if you're keeping track of time, then that's an important thing. Uh, but if there's no mechanical difference and you treat them all the same, then I don't care. It's more of a backstory thing. Okay. Um, but I get your point. Yeah, I, I would say high elf uh, only. Be, I, I think that particularly for a lot of the elves, I mean, obviously drow and aquatic are just going to be strange. And it's not really going to flow with your story. I think the wood elf probably isn't going to either unless you really had some sort of backstory to bring it in. Because wood elves are reclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I would... I've always said you got to be a high elf, and I point to the player's handbook. Yeah, but I also don't think, I don't, well, when we played, we didn't even think that way because they didn't matter. We, in the player's handbook, just like, I don't think we sat down with halflings, which we'll talk about, whether you're a stout, a harefoot, or what, we just said you're a halfling. I know there's some advantage, but no one went to that level. So if you're an elf, you're an elf. We didn't even think about high elf versus No, that's right. I agree with that. I agree with that. And the same thing with dwarves. We basically just said, you're a dwarf. Later, when the, some of these books were put together and we started seeing it, that was when it became an issue. So uh, it's not a hill I would die on, but it's also one that, why is this player asking for this? That's right. It's, it's not the fact. It's not, not, not so much that they're, they want to be that. It, in and of itself is a problem. And the problem is what kind of player character yeah. wants to be that? Is that what you're saying? Right. So, this is it, it's a warning flag. Right. I want to be a half drow, half aquatic. Right. I want yeah. And the backstory, and, and if the backstory is amazing, and and again, we're not pro, we're not anti backstory, but we're also we don't consider it the be all end all. We believe, and I, I, that's what's great about us, is that the game should develop your character. Your backs, you shouldn't be have the best life before you start playing D anD. d You should be basically a nobody. And that's why you went to become an adventurer, because your, uh, your Latin life was not that great and you wanted to seek fame and glory. Not that you were the princess of third removed and you fought in the, you know, the third, like, again, going back to Legolas or whatever, 
Lord of the Rings is where he became a character that his backstory, while maybe interesting, shouldn't be the whole definition. Oh, I, I fought in the last two and a half ages of fight. Well, then what the big deal is this This event? That's, that's my point of it. So uh, I, I would want to know why they were interested in it. And, and if they're interested because you have created a world that has these creatures, then I would let it go. But if it's a generic, we're just starting with a town, why are you a half-elf uh, half drow, half aquatic. Right. Thing. No, the answer is no. This is standard fantasy land. You're a high elf. You're a hill dwarf, or, or you're a dwarf. You're a halfling. Why are you so mean? Uh, you know, I, I, I've you know, last time I played it was with John, and, and I really appreciate what John is doing, even though it was a little frustrating initially, because uh, I know how you know when I was DMing for you, uh, and you're like, boy, now I know how the players feel. Well, I, you know, when you de- when you play, you remember all the thing when you have someone who's really trying to give you the spirit of the game. You remember how frustrating it is, but then you you know at the end you thank them for really giving you the spirit of it. You know, he, it's it's a it's a struggle. I mean, if you're not on your game and you're not taking things seriously, I mean, he was he was figuring out um, simultaneous initiative or spell casting versus <laughs> missile. He was he had the attic thing out, and you know it was pretty uh, because he did it that way. It was a very dramatic scene. We had two magic users simultaneous initiative. I'm like, well, what about my bow? Doesn't that go out first? Well, based on attic, it you subtract the um, you subtract the casting time from the die roll and um, that's when the missile goes off so if it's a so really a first segment a one segment spell super powerful because it'll even go off before a missile at least that's the way he read it and I don't I don't think he didn't say it incorrectly so both parties cast sleep on each other and it went off before the missiles so half of either party was knocked out from oh, that so right it, was, it was very epic which we wouldn't have gotten if we just did the normal, eh, just roll it. So, um, but there's, it's changing the programming of the game. And that's where I think, back to the intention of the player, if they're thinking that, that means they're coming from, it's very unlikely they just figured this out themselves. They came from a background or tradition where this came from. And if, if that alignment of what you're doing and what they want to do is so off, you need to probably sit and have some expectation discussions with them. Or you're going to end up with dwarven paladins. Right. Sorry. How's he doing? It's, well, he's currently dead, but... Oh, uh, he died? He died horribly. Oh, that's the awful. Ha- that was the whole six-player wipeout. That oh, I, I didn't know that he was part of that. Nine, yes, and four... What well, was his name? The Dwarf's Barrick, name? Barrick. Barrick, of course. Well, he's not, he's not dead. I mean, they're high right. enough level to get raised, so they, right. that's what they're going to work on. They've, they've gone back and to heal up and figure out the next step for them. Did any of the uh, PCs who died, were they half orcs or elves? And so they don't have, uh, well, they don't have uh, one. There was, souls, one, there was one half, there was one half orc. Unfortunately, he won't be coming back regardless because he was, his body was left. Oh, and he couldn't anyway, right? right? He could be reincarnated. Be re- right, that's when you come back, you come back as an animal. Though. Oh yeah, centaur or whatever. Right. That's the famous thing. Okay. This, this, so, so dwarves get a plus one on, I'm sorry, dwarves, that was the last episode. Elves get a plus one on dex and a minus one on con. If they're a high elf. Oh, what is he? <laughs> Just says elf. I know, but if you if you read the monster manual, if they're wood elf, they get plus one to strength as opposed to intelligence. Oh, wait, it actually gives those stats? Yes. Wait, if it gives those, they're usually strong. Plus, add plus one to all die rolls. They're usually strong. Oh. But they're not as smart, it says. So I could argue. Wait, that, that suggests that you can be a PC, though. 
It says... Well, it, it doesn't. It just says if they attack, they get plus one to their strength roll, which means it's at least a 17. That's pretty good. Six, this plus one to strength is 17. They're unusually strong for elves. Add plus one to all die, well, all die rolls of what? They're not to quite attack. as intelligent. Oh, to attack. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so that means they're 17. That means in, in order to get a plus one hit, if you extrapolate that, that means they have 17 strength. Oh, okay. They're not quite as intelligent. I see what you're saying. Well, okay, but this suggests... Okay, but this is consistent. So this is not plus... You're not adding anything to their initial ability rolls because you're adding it to their to-hit roll. Yeah, and if you're... if you're, I don't think the example they gave here is very good because it's very... Distur- you want to talk about player characters reaching. They are unusually strong for elves. Add plus one to all dice rolls, treating 19 as 18. Now, think about that. You're a player character. How would you read that? I don't know what to make of that. What die rolls? I don't know what die rolls this is being added to. I I think what they're saying is the the, the hit roll, 19 or 20. But if if you read the next sentence, but not as quite as intelligent, treat 18 intelligence as 17. So if you read that whole sentence together, what would that imply about these elves, these wood elves? Well, that they're they're strong, right? And not but, as smart. But if you had, if they had eighteen strength, they would have what strength? Now, treating nineteen, what do they have eighteen strength? What do you mean they'd have an eighteen strength? Treating nineteen as eighteen, you go down. If you get an eighteen, add plus one to all rows. Treating nineteen as eighteen. Yeah, that's not so. That's talking about attributes, right? But then not as quite as intelligent. So I think the first one was like if you to all hit rolls. So that would be like instead of getting. But an it eight, doesn't seem to be. But it seems. To but then the next sentence oh. is in talking about intelligence. So you, could, if I was a player, I'd be saying, "Hey, I want to be back to your thing. Right. This is why you want to be. I want to be wood off so I can have nineteen strength. I would be the same strength okay. as a hill giant, which makes no sense. No, and and the monster man is what seventy seven. Yeah, and the player's handbook is what seventy eight. Yes, the second one. Okay, so this overrides it. Right. So that's easy. But, so this, but this goes back to some of the shenanigans you can, you can right. get from you. What I think they meant, he meant here was, if you attack, you add plus one. But their intelligence is minus one. So if I was going to allow this, you would, I would say you get plus one to strength, but you would not get 19 strength. That's crazy. So this is just very right. you can't. unfortunate writing. Here's, okay, this is what's confusing to me, is that, so dwarf gets plus one on con, and an elf gets minus one on con. Yeah. Do you know what a dwarf's hit dice R is in the monster manual? One. Correct. Do you know what an elf says? Two. One plus one. Oh, one plus so one. So why would the so the elf has higher hit dice? Yeah. But a lower but it has is lower con. Yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense, no, does it? Doesn't. It doesn't. They're stronger. Yeah, I would never I don't think I would have thought that. Well only the only reason I said one plus one is because you Led with that leading question. Because a dwarf can actually have a 19 con right. and a minimum of 12. Yeah. So that, that's weird, right? I don't understand that. Uh, but it is what it is. Okay, so you've got to be a high elf, we've esta- we believe. Oh. Happy fourth. So, sorry there, Rob. Oh, so, uh, so uh, Rob says it's plus one strength. See not die. See, he's that's what he says. See, Rod. Not die roll. Sorry, we didn't have our page up. I apologize. Hey, Rob, how are you? Good to see. Good to hear from you. So to the. So. But that but that would suggest a wood elf can be a PC, and and that was nineteen cent wood. 
Uh, I don't like any of that stuff. They're just stronger. Why is he? Why is see, against- see, but this is what. But people like Rob would, would say what I said, which is, yeah, they get plus one strength roll. Why there wouldn't be a mention of 19 is 18, right? Maybe suggesting that you max out at 18, Elvin strength. Max. And see, he says otherwise there wouldn't be a mention eight, 19 or 18. I see. This is why. This is why players should not read these things. And you say go back to page eight and have them murdered. So it sounds like what's happening is. <laughs> Gygax writes the monster manual. Right. And he's thinking, okay, maybe player characters can be wood elves. Possibly. Well, you know what? You could, and then he changes it. But you could say that it was for randomly rolling an NPC, couldn't you? It could be. Yeah. You could go a lot of ways. Or you could just simple thing, all, player, all, all players have to be high elves. Well, so this is a moot point. It is. I think it is a moot point because the player's handbook came later. Yes. And it's going to override it. And but you could have wood elves if you read it as it is in one generous reading. You could have wood elves with 19 strength. They'd be as powerful as hill giants. So these are not flitty little... Wait, I thought it says treat a 19 as an 18. Well, it's... Say, well, so it's, you got to go down. Add plus one to all die rolls. But that doesn't make any sense. If you're adding plus one to all die rolls, why would you make it treating 19 as 18? Well, because if you roll a 14, tre- it's a 15, but they're saying you max out at 18. Oh, I see what you're saying. Very right. good. No, that's good. So it's still 18. They're unusually strong for L's. They're not so they get plus one to strength, but it's still the max, the, the racial max. Well, what's interesting, though, is they don't say subtract. Gygax, I want to say they. Gygax doesn't say subtract one from intelligence rolls. Well, it does now. It says treat 18 as 17. Ah, it doesn't say subtract one. It just says if you get an 18, you treat it as a 17. What if you roll 17? Oh, wait, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it says roll 17. Yeah, this is horrible. This is horrible. He was, he was tired. Like Dwarven clerics, yeah. MP- he was tired. Yeah, you're right. And so Rob's like, well, yeah, these are about NPCs. But you, our, okay. our preface of this was if you have creative characters who are going to, you know, who have read the books, especially if they're grognards, they will manipulate some of this to try to make it to their advantage. Right. Which, again, goes back to the motivation of why are they, why are they doing this. Okay. Uh, so what's, let, let's say, though, that you're... you're the DM has said, no, I'm sorry. Right. Your request has been rejected. Right. You are a high elf. So what is the benefits of being an elf? Uh, you can be multi-classed, of course. Right. And, and, and just a little background, because actually Rob mentioned this, is um, AD&D changed uh, from basic. So if you started with basic, particularly Moldvay basic, the red box, elves and dwarves were racist class, meaning... Right. You were an, an elf. There wasn't an elf magic user. You were just an elf. And it was more archetypal of the, you know, the, what we consider elves, the Elrond of the world, the magic user fighter kind of thing. Elrond fighting and then Elrond casting spells. But here, uh, an elf has the, some very distinct advantages. Um, first and foremost, uh, it has plus one to strength, uh, plus one to attack if they use a bow or a sword is, is a big one. They also have the ability to, they're resistant against sleep spells and charm spells, which again... 90, 90%, I believe. Right. And that gets, does that get adjusted based upon the level of the caster? Isn't there... Not that I'm aware of. Oh. I'm not aware of that change. But it's just for sleep and charm. Now, I'm sure there's... Uh, in some of the modules that, or something where people made a more stronger charm, and you could argue different kinds of charm uh, may not be 
affected by it. In other words, like monster charm versus the vampire charm may or may not affect them. But I have to read that again. That, right. That, that would have to be the DM's call. Right. But uh, they have, so they have get the plus one for that. They can speak a lot of languages. Their other big thing, and, and we've talked about elfing the room, they have, mm-hmm. they have an advantage to seeing uh, secrets, secret doors and concealed doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can surprise. So those are pretty powerful. So if you, if you build the archetype fighter magic user, you're resistant to sleep. So in the scenario I was just talking about where we were attacking the sea ghost and uh, the human magic user casts against another human magic user, they both cast sleep. If, if the, one of the magic users was an elf magic user, they would have a 90% chance of not being affected by it. Right. And that changes the whole battle right there. Yeah, that's very useful. Can we talk about some of the multi-class? I think it's interesting. You know, the, the restriction on EC cleric elves. You can't be a cleric right. if you're an elf. They have NPCs. Really limits a lot of the multi-class options. Half elves, interesting. Right. Half elves can be clerics, right? Right. They can be the whole deal. Yeah. So that's interesting. So the half elf and the half orc can be a cleric. Yes. So those those are those different races are going to get a lot of combinations that elves want. So cleric fighter, yeah, you can't do that. It's only half elves and half orcs. The uh, cleric fighter magic user only half elves because the elf can't be a cleric. Uh, Cleric Ranger, of course, is out because we know elves uh, can't be rangers. And remind me to talk about your very good question of why can half why can elves be assassins yes. but not be oh, rangers? Oh, you like that question? Yeah, it's a great question. I've thought about it, and I, th- and I have a theory. You have a theory? Okay, I good. Did. You weren't you weren't just gonna let it go. You weren't gonna just say well because I remember you said good point, and I thought you'd let it go. But no, I didn't. It's want, been no, stewing I, in the brain. For, it's been stewing in the brain because like, no, because it was a really good point, and it wasn't it wasn't so much that I wanted to. I wanted to reconcile it because oh, that was interesting. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Not that you're trying to make me look like an idiot. So. No, because I don't think yours. No, I think it's quite the opposite. Oh, okay. Because I think your point was a good one. And if it can't be reconciled, there's an issue. Because the Dragon Magazine, the Sage Advice is where they talked about, explained why. Right. There was, or, or Dragon, there was some magazine it, that it, talked it, about rangers and why they're killers and, and, yeah. and then reconciling the, of why they couldn't be. Yes, but that's not canon. That's to sage it, but that wasn't canon, right? So, um, okay, so cleric thief. We'll talk about that. Right, so we know that the half elves, this is interesting. Why can't half elves be cleric thieves? That is a good point. Why not? Is that odd? Half orcs may be cleric thieves. So I understand why an elf can't be, because they can't be a cleric as a PC. But cleric thieves, half orcs may be cleric thieves. Yeah. That's odd to me. And clerics. Well, the other thing is they can't be cleric assassins. And they can't be cleric assassins. That's also interesting. So it sounds to me that the idea of the, the deities that an elf, half-elf would have would not allow for that combination is the only thing I can think of. Which is interesting. Yeah, so is it, yeah, it's the, it must be the, combi- the combination is the problem. Right. Because you can do them separately, obviously. Yeah, you can be a half-elf assassin, you can be a half-elf thief, you just can't be, and you, obviously a cleric, can't put them together. So it's the idea of... The half orcs skew evil, right? Or, or have deities who don't have problems with those things, right? Whereas the good, the the half elf is going to have a cleric of a good bent. So another, so so the half orc says to the deity, "You know, I want to be both a 
Very religious. Right. A man of the cloth and well, a killer. Monsters of the cloth. Monsters of the cloth. There you go. And the, de- and the deities are like, that's awesome. Right. The half elf says that, and the deities are like, are you crazy? No, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't do that. You can't so, do that. So right off the bat, one of the benefits to being a half elf, because the question is, why do I want to be a half elf as opposed to an elf, is that number one, you can be a ranger. Yep. And number two, you can be a cleric. You can be a cleric. And number three, then of course you can be a lot of those multi-class that an elf could not be. You, you get, well, there's a few things. The only thing you're really giving up um, is the plus one to bow and swords, which is important. Right. You're giving up some of the, a lot of the sleep advantage, but you do get some. But you, oh, it's a, it's a lower resistance? 30 or 30%. Right. But you get um, the advantage of what's probably, if you're a power gamer, one of the most powerful combinations, which is the, which is the ranger cleric. As far as love, yeah. hit points and ability to do stuff, you know, especially for early and mid game when you're right. starting from one to five or six, which again for your thing, that's the whole campaign. <laughs> you know, you're starting with three D eight die hit die hit dice. You start two for ranger and one for uh, cleric, and you divide them. So if you have a good constitution, let's say you know a sixteen constitution, you could let's say four point five is thirteen nineteen. You could and you could have ten hit points. As a you know, first level cl- uh, player, cleric XP is not a lot to go up in levels. Ranger is more than a fighter, but you you have all the advantage of a ranger. You can surprise, you get damage, you can do a good fighting. You have a lot of weapons. Uh, it's a very powerful combination. Yeah, I really like the cleric ranger combo. So yeah, that's one of the benefits to being a half elf. And of course, you get the ability to detect concealed doors and secret doors. Right. The same as an get, elf. You still get and. Unlike the elf, as we as you alluded to with uh, the half orc, um, they half elves you can raise. You cannot raise an elf. Which, that's right. So you know that's not a problem early game because most people can't afford to re, to bring back a, a, a dead character. But um, you know once you get to mid level, you may want you to keep your character. Well, you, short of a wish or something like that, it's very hard to do. Raise dead would not work, which is. Uh, Again, a problem. I think what's interesting is that there's two races that do not get any penalty or bonus to their initial roles mm-hmm. for abilities. Uh, one is the gnome, and the other one is the half elf. So the half elf doesn't get any, and the human, and, and I'm sorry, and the human, of course, uh, doesn't get any adjustment, which I think is is interesting. I, I don't know. So well, because gnomes are so powerful in themselves, why would they need an additional change to their exactly? Plan? They get the burrowing animals. They get burrowing animals. They uh, can detect um, unsafe floors. What else do they need? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and I and, and I agree with that. It's interesting that the half elf. Mm-hmm. So the elf gets plus one dexterity, minus one to con. Why doesn't the elf get a plus one? to charisma because the minimum required for an elf is an eight the minimum con for an elf i'm sorry no, the minimum yeah the minimum con is a six for an elf which is interesting that it's not a it's not oh look do you know oh you've got to have a high con to be anything pretty much yeah so yeah so that's the you, lowest is the a lowest. six yeah so if you have a con of that you know kind of three you're done well if you kind of if you, you if no you can only be an illusionist which so basically Oh, you can be a human. That's right. You got to be a human. You got to be a human. You can't be. If you have a con of below six, you're not going to be a demi-human. Right. Yeah. If you have a well, 
if you have a con of three, mm-hmm. A, you've got a lot of problems because think Your about this. Is a holy way. Well, you can only be an illusionist, which means you'll roll a D4. And if you have a con of three, that's minus two hit adjustment, hit point adjusted. Yeah. So you basically have one roll. hit point. You have one point, no matter what it is. I don't think you can get less than the minimum. That's true. It's not good. The die is red as one, regardless of the subtraction. So you have one hit point. Wait, wait, I'm an illusionist. Can I roll for four? Wait, why is it minus? It's minus two, you said. It's minus two. So I could get a two. Then minus two would be one. You could get a four, in theory. You could get one or two hit points, yeah. I mean, one or two. Okay. Yeah. So two is good. Woohoo! <laughs> Yeah, if you have two points. 25% chance. Woohoo! That's right. Yeah. So, but most likely you're getting one point per level. Right. You've got bigger. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's right. It's every roll. Right. So, on four rolls, you'll get. get, So, it's going to be two, so it'll be four. You'll have five hit points at fourth level if your average happens. Right. Yeah, it's 25% chance to get two points. Right. You have five per four. Right. So, at eighth level, you have 10? You have 10 hit points. Eighth level. And if I you, want to play that character. And if you die, you have the re- survival re- uh, resurrection survival 40%. I love it. So you're living on the edge. You, you, know, you know what we have to man do? Walking. You know what you have to do with these games? Is what do we have pre-gens. Have more, have more pre-gens than there are players, so right. they can pick and choose. Have one be like the eighth level illusionist with 10 hit points. Right. See if anyone notices it. Yeah. Or they oh. just take it, oh, I love illusionists. That's right. That, they I would, grab I, it. It would be. I would have a, too bad it couldn't be a gnome, because <laughs> I, would, I would, I'd suck you in there. But you can't, because the con has to be minimum of... Uh, oh, yeah, it'd have to be... Oh, oh no, sorry, eight. Oh, you were so excited for a second. Well, I saw, I saw three minimum. You were so excited, yeah. Well, the gnome will be yeah. getting a three minimum charisma. <laughs> three charisma. Okay. So Which what, means they can only be an assassin. A gnome assassin. That sounds amazing. So if you meet a gnome... Who's really uncharismatic? Be careful. He's going to kill you. He's going to kill you. Try to murder you. <laughs> ugly, ugly assassin. Ugly death. That's the only work I could get. I'm Twinkle, the ugly dead right. man. He tried to get work in retail. That's it just right. didn't work. That's the poor right. guy. That's awful. Do you realize what happened though? That means that the poor guy tried. He was so hideous. Right. His personality was so repulsive. Repulsive. Yeah. The only thing he could do was be a killer. And and maybe he didn't have to kill. Maybe he was so repulsive that people just killed themselves. That was part it of helped. Thing. Well, you know, try to freeze them. Yeah, it's probably got to do like a roll of right, like paraliz- against paralyzation. Yeah, they just well, if you get lower and you go to the book that shall not be named, they have uh, well, actually, deities and demigods. If you have a negative charisma, you get a horror effect. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, did it have to, it has to go below three? I believe so. It has to be really low. So this would just mean you'd increase the chance that the other person would immediately attack you. Negative one. Okay. If it's negative one, there's a minus 40% reaction, so it's instant attack, and Hara up to one hit dice per level. So you basically, uh, people run in terror from you. That's amazing. Yeah, that, well, that's not good. It's an yeah. assassin. You want them actually. So they either run in terror or they immediately attack you, one of the two. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing in between. No. They're not indifferent. No, they're not indifferent. <laughs> they have a strong reaction. That's right. Okay, so what can elves, the elves can be fighter magic users, of course. The only thing they can't be is cler- clerics. Right, so they can be fighter thieves. They can't be druids, which again, that to me is more of the it, weirder one. The ranger, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to hearing your answer. So right, did you think about why elves can't be druids? Well, you, oh, why can elves not be druids? Right. They can't well, even be NPC this druids. this is my thought. Okay, and maybe we need to have a whole segment on druids so I can learn up on druids. But when I think of a druid, I think of a druid as coming from, right, this Celtic, right, Right. Uh, era. And so I think there is very much a human profession. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so I just think of druids as a, a human-based profession. Not, not, so in other words, I don't, I don't simply think of the professions as, oh, this race is good at some of the qualities possessed by this, that you need for this profession. I think of it more than that as, you know, well, it's, druids are human because that's right. It's a religious thing. It's right. worship of nature. It was a human-based thing. In, in real, in real, it wasn't an elvish-based thing. Right. Are you familiar with that? I don't know if you know your history. No, I didn't know. But in real, it was a human-based thing. Wow. And so I, that, that, that's sort of my thought on it is that um, although elves love nature, you know, the druids, don't druids have their own funky religious vibe going on? They do, but it's the idea of they're in the nature. That's why I think people get hung up on it. Well, I think that's right. But I wonder if elves are sort of like, that's, a, that's its own sort of funky vibe going on. Why would we pick up with it? That's a human-created concept, the druids. We're beyond that. Well, that, that, yeah, I guess... The, you're, want, you're a wannabe elf. Right. Well, that, that could be. The, law, the lore is they have deities that are elvish-based, so that's why they wouldn't be that. Oh, wait. Elves. Elves have elvish deities, whereas right. humans really have the whole, you know, uh, you know, they have the whole, um, not panopy, the, you know, the whole... Pantheon? Pantheon of deities that, are, that you allow, so that's why they could accept nature as a deity. Well, what I think is interesting, too, is that I like it when deities can be professions. I mean, they are deities. Right. They can be professions that otherwise couldn't be, right? So here, the god of archery, Solinar, the Landera, is a 12th-level druid. Oh. So deities can be. So you've got elven deities. So now, can be now I can retract what I just said. Why, then why wouldn't they let elves do that? But, of course, these are not canon. Uh, only... Um, in deity, only deities and demigods. Uh, well, the way I look that. at it is they're taking the power. They're, you know, are they actually a druid or do they have the powers of a druid? I well, mean, clearly you know, they're not a druid. They have the powers of the druid. That's what I, I think. think. I think and so they're like, we're going to take the powers of a druid. It's just the equivalent of it. They're not really so much a druid. It's not like they trained or they've been training. Right. Right? They, they become a deity and they acquire. That's what I would do. Well, that's fine. I, and I think, uh, so uh, one of our chatters is talking about charisma and that they used it. So one of the things you could do uh, that he, they did make negative charisma. So what, you know, one of the rules that could allow for that is if you have characters who are brought down to negative six or lower, they can get a horrible wounding. Oh, remember, now there's this rule that if you go below, that's right, if you go below certain hit points. Negative six, you're supposed to be disfigured, you may have a limp, you lose a limb, or some other horrible thing. Here's the thing, so is... So that would be kind of cool if you could, you know, really, uh, you know, almost Joker or whatever, uh, uh, Phantom of the Opera-ish kind of thing. Because doesn't charisma takes into account what later became comeliness, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be your... We, we always conflated charisma with calmness. Well, we didn't have calmness. Right. Physical attractiveness, though it talks about charisma really being the force of will. Again, using the Napoleon or something who may have not been at least yeah. classically beautiful, but yet commanded armies. And, right. You know. it's a, so it's a, the DMG says it's a combination of physical appearance, persuasiveness, and personal magnetism. So... I guess since it does take into account personal physical appearance, if you do so, are you suggesting that if you ha- suffer a wound like that, 
that there should be a reduction on your charisma. P- possibly, yeah. I think I think there should be, definitely be a role. I agree. What and, do you say? Die for? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and minus points there. And and the fact that your personality would potentially change. You've been horribly injured somehow. Mm-hmm. You're at negative six. Something terribly has happened. You know, you. Face has been uh, cut, and now it's changed your person, like the invisible man. The wound man. is not simply on the outside. That's is what right. You're saying exactly. Now you're becoming the monster that you look like. I'm hearing organ playing, or whatever. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fan, very fan. Would you would you put "Fan of the Opera" in one of the top five Maiden songs? Oh yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it has it all there. It's long. Top it's, five. I mean, come on. That's right. A, that's a big deal. Right. Exactly. Okay. I agree. Top five. Okay. So. Uh, L's, they tend to be chaotic. They do. Right? Chaotic good. Per the monster manual. This is so the problem it's interesting because in the player's handbook, there isn't a whole lot about them. No. No, it says no. I think it's It goes right into this is what they do. See, this is because you know why? This was written for players. Yeah. Players want to know. What do I get pluses on? Stuff like that, right? So it goes right into it. It's, yeah. It's, it, unlike the other ones where you have at least a little bit of background, like the dwarf, it says they're from hilly areas, you know, but it's still pretty minor. Uh, it's only when you get to the monster, uh, the DMG and the monster manual, where you get some information about them. Right. And one of the nice things about the owls and the information given is if you are a magic user. Are elves the only ones that can be magic user fighters, fighter magic yes. users? Uh, oh, half elves. And half elves. You can wear you can wear armor. That's right. That's the, that to me is the obviously the huge. I don't know how I forgot that. That to me is the big win. That bothers a lot of people. I think it does. They're still bothered by that, right? There's, that, a, there's a couple of things that bother. First edition again. You, I think you've explained the game balance. We just it's just a, a way to do game balance and and cause certain choices to be done and an archetypal thing that elves are, are, are much more have a much more higher affinity to magic and so right. they can do certain things that elves right. can't uh, humans can't which I'm okay with um, it's just when you try to explain it it get, kind of falls apart right but if you look at page what are you looking at page 16 or no I was looking right so it's, uh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, oh well yeah I was looking at multi-class so it, half elves so half elves can also wear armor that yes. I assume that's be, right right okay yeah, I think, and Roger Moore in his article on Elves talked about that. His argument was just repeating what you said was that their affinity to magic right. allows them to cast spells while wearing armor, and their brain structure is different. Yeah, because this this is why um, they can do certain things. Like the dwarves um, can't do psionics because of their brain structure. So I think they can, if I remember correctly. Oh, it said, it said they're rarely. I remember. It's I, rare. I don't know a lot about. I, I've never used psionic. Oh, that's your book. I've never used psionic, so I don't know if. Does it say in the back who can use psionic? I and believe who can't? so. And is there- usually people are rolling and I, they don't normally get it, but then you get the one person who gets it, and then we have to like pull all the rules out. Psionics is one that I think the Archduke of Australia would like us to go over at some point. Oh, you need wisdom. Oh, you need unmodified intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. It says that if oh, you opt it, charisma. they will be determined for humans and possibly dwarves and half. Oh, where does it say that? First paragraph. Oh. Oh, there it is, yeah. Oh, and possibly doors. Oh, so that's it. Yeah. So Possibly doors and halflings. Yeah. Okay. So that's another benefit, I guess. Of, of being uh, a human. Of being a human, is yeah. you have at least the chance right. of having it. So 
kind of the back to the elves. So really, on the player's handbook, you, where you would think they would have the description of the races so people could get an idea how to play them, there isn't. You have to go into page 16 of the DMG where it talks about elves. They're considered flighty or frivolous. And in this case, when they do not believe a matter to be important. So this is where we got the thing of if you're playing an elf, you're supposed to uh, you know, never care in the world, you know, live for well because you're living for you're living for basically oh, ever i mean right. you're not going to die of old age don't you live into like a thousand years yeah 1500 well you die of old age it's just you, you i know it's going to be a long time yeah they're they, they're brave uh they are they're not concerned of the temporal things of the world you know? right helping the kingdom this kingdom they've seen 20 kingdoms come and go so they don't care about that that's the classic so they probably wouldn't, I guess if you're playing an elf, you wouldn't want to get too chummy with the other PCs who are not elves because right. they're going to die. Right. So you're, I guess you'd probably typically play one a little bit aloof, right. a little distant. You're, well, if you're playing it per, if, going back to our first week, if you're going to play it, try to play it as, to, you know, the type where you're going to not just play a human uh, trapped in an elf body. Right. You're actually going to do it. You have to take some of their perspective, and that's where I think Roger Moore's article um, about the Elven point of view from issue sixty from nineteen eighty two, which is acceptable. It is. Makes um, a cutoff. Talks about you know they're, they're around a thousand years, and so they've seen kingdoms come and go. Um, you know, it's it's kind of I almost look at it like you go on summer camp. You have friendships. You know, once the camp is over, you're probably not going to see these people again. You say, we, I'll write, right. but you're not. Right. Maybe once. You're not going to see them again. No. And, and, and it's better that way. So right. you have a relationship. It may be intense, but you ultimately, in the back of your mind, you know it's not going anywhere. Right. I agree with that. And apparently you're supposed to dance and frolic. Right. You're play to- and sing unless necessity dictates otherwise. Yeah. So you're supposed to be like the Keebler Elf. I mean, you're supposed yeah. to, or the Santa's Elves, which I think, if a player actually played a Santa Elf, I would, I would give them, I'd give them some bonus. Maybe we should create that. The Santa Elf. We should elf. have our own little, yeah. The Santa Elf. To me, the Santa Elf. as in portrayed in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Correct. Rainbow, which is, of course, canon. It is canon. No, no other elves can apply. But, you know, where they're just... Joyful but, but, little toy but, makers. But Rudolph, Rudolph's an NPC. You can't play Rudolph. No, of If you wanted not. to play... Uh, um, reindeer. You couldn't be Rudolph. No, you can't play reindeer. That's an NPC. That, well, that's we already said no monsters as player. Characters. Oh, that's true. That would be so one. that's not. But an elf, you could. That would be a snow elf. So and you make toys. snow elves. Yeah, I think uh, I can't remember his whole name. Nick Dorso is. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. Meaning his title is doing something with snow elves, isn't he? Yeah, I think you're right. I apologize. Not ice elves. The commander and most astonishing patron, crown prince, and honorable scourge of the North Star State. Oh, A.K.A. Victor So. Yeah, we may have the the C M. We may have to put the uh, initials and see come up with some kind of. Yeah, a long initials. <laughs> maybe maybe it says something. I want you to. You love this so much. I'm going to make you say his full title. And actually, you I, insisted on it. So. I think we should. Yeah. Well, you don't title someone and not use it. I agree. So elves are not so much interested in the acquisition of wealth. They like jewelry, but for the sake of its beauty. Right. So, whereas if you've got a dwarf, and, and, you, and you had mentioned, look, and you're absolutely right about Thorn Oak and Shield. You said, look, you said he'd be, well, you said he's a bit of a jerk. I mean, I guess it depends on your outlook on dwarves. 
But his greed, right? I mean, dwarven greed caused the problems there, right? If I recall correctly, well, right? it's it's a greed. It's also a well. In the Hobbit, I'm not going with uh, Lord of the Rings, but in the Hobbit, since I read it recently, reread it. They everything was all. I, I didn't sound like they were super greedy. They're just super prosperous when they were next to the town there, whatever the I forgot the name of the town. Lake Town, not Lake Town. What is it? It's called something else. Oh, I thought Dale, it was. wasn't it Dale? Oh, Dale. The Dale? Yeah. No, what's Lake Town? I don't know. Nothing. What's Lake Town? Nothing? Lake Lake Town is the, is the town south of there where oh. the elves go through where, he, where the where Smog attacked and he was killed by the. Elves. Oh right. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Dale. If anyone hasn't Dale. read, spoiler. If anyone has, but Dale's the town, the human town next to them, and they're prosperous and they're right. the king of the mountain. Right. Doesn't sound like they were they, they hoarded stuff, but that yeah. wasn't the problem. the The problem with him was, you know, he, he he didn't, you know, they're going on this suicide mission. They're bringing this burglar. We're not quite sure who was, and if the burglar dies, they constantly are complaining about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, wouldn't you? Well, it didn't seem well. And you still, and I'm sure there's people who know the Lord of the Rings lore better than than what's presented in the book. Why did Gandalf pick him of all the people to go to this? Oh, well, he had a feeling, didn't he? Something like that. But well, that seemed... and he knew he was related to he's a Tuck, right? Yeah. So, so it's kind of odd. it was it wasn't it wasn't a very strong thing. Anyway, he's and, and and when he could have gotten help from the elves and the humans, he, Thorin's like, "Nah, go go pound sand. I'm not I'm not going to get your help because I want it all. Right. You guys are going to take my money. And I don't care about that." Well, certainly, as as Roger Moore portrays it, I think right they have sort of this. I don't, maybe greed isn't the right word. Very strong desire for treasure, right? Like, right? So dwarves, you're talking about dwarves, right? So if we're trying to contrast Which we dwarves talked about last and elves, well, yes. well, so I guess what I, I mean to really play the characters up too, I think it helps to sort of contrast them, right? So dwarves, you've got this real lust for treasure, yep, right, uh, and 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 for gold and in particular gems, elves. Not so much. They're not, right? Because they've got a long life. They're not interested. They're not materialistic like that. Mm-hmm. But they do have a love for jewelry if it's well wrought, right? So if it's, right. if it, if it's well made, they like it. And so uh, that's the way you'd want to play it. So if, it's, so if we're divvying up the treasure, the dwarves are going to be diving in for any gems. Right. The elves are going to be looking for really beautiful pieces. For, I would say forge work may be kind of a, uh, a split depending on what it is. So sure. and dwarves, because Moradin is there. Deity uh, will like finely weighed, made weapons, but also elves may, you know, especially if it's with a bow or something that's amenable mm-hmm. to their their deities. I think the, the the key again, the summer camp thing is is a good example. But they also, you know, you read that first thing is that it's often they're often considered flighty or frivolous, and this is the case when they do not believe a matter to be of import. So that's where I think it's important, you know, because they're alien. They come off as flighted. They they care about things. It's just not the things that we care about. They're, it's the, it's the, they're not the temporal things right. that we care about. And they're much more long term. Right? right. They're playing the long game. They love nature. Uh, they care about nature. Uh, they're chaotic. So as Roger Moore points out, they are only going to be respectful of authority if they believe it's warranted, not simply for because the title bestowed it. Right. Unlike okay. our titles, which they're not only bestowed but they're deserving. Right. So whether you're chaotic especially or lawful, at, you especially would, if you're at the platinum level, then they're more than deserving. Oh, to be sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, dwarves. So be a patron. Dwarves, lawful good if you want a title, and else chaotic good. Uh, Anything else significant about 
the L. So, oh, I want to talk about mm -hmm. the relations between them. Where's that right. chart? There's the charts, a chart. The charts and players handbook, the racial yes. preferences chart. Yes, because this and this is one that is underused. Because there's antipathy, right, and hatred, depending on who, what who right. is. Right, and this should when you roll, when you select your character races, I think this chart should be looked at. So, how do elves? So elves, there's antipathy with the wars. They prefer other elves. Obviously, they tolerate gnomes. That's interesting. Is that that? Wow, that's not even goodwill. Wow, what's the problem with gnomes? Are they too dwarf-like. Who elves? Yeah, isn't so. So elves tolerate gnomes, right? Yeah, you they tolerate them. Just tolerate. Goodwill with half elves. Well, it's interesting. They it's generally them. accepted, if not loved, which doesn't sound like tolerate. You read T for tolerate. It's again a classic sentence that. Where's it? Where's that sentence? T indicates that the race is viewed with tolerance and generally acceptable. Oh, comment. If not, if not loved. Oh, so how do, how do, what's the emphasis on if not loved? Meaning they could be loved, or is it like... Yeah, and how is loved b not better than good, goodwill? No, oh, I don't like that if not. I think that yeah, if not just, loved is but just ambiguous. Say yeah, just we say tolerate, tolerate you. Yeah. But we don't really like you. Right. It's well, like, like you're, not, you're not offensive. Because now I could say well, I tolerate you. You mean like, oh, you mean like we're a T. Right, we could be a T. James tea. and Dan but, are a T. Especially if I say if not loved. Well, I generally accept it, but if not loved. So T sounds kind of sketchy, but if I put the if not loved, oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I don't, yeah, no, I don't. Whereas we would say good G. So what? And so, apparently if we meet every week, it's probably P at this point. So I want everyone to get along. What's L's problems with gnomes? I don't mean to overstate it because it's not neutral or antipathy, but what, what's L's problems with gnomes? Who would only talk, who wouldn't have goodwill toward a halfling? They're adorable. Well, uh, well um, you know, back to the Hobbit, you know, they, they weren't, when, they, when he broke into, you know, when they, these, these uh, ungrateful dwarves and their little burglar broke into the half-elf after they got broke into Mirkwood and were just littering oh, and not, you know, not passing, not using the nature conservancy, and they're just kind of wandering around causing trouble with spiders, uh, they didn't seem too thrilled with them. Well, you think it all stems from that? Absolutely. Because I was wondering if... Well, well again, that's my own, I have a reference point of one book. Well, I understand, so. yes. You just recently read. You're going to look back on this 20 years later and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what I was reading The Hobbit. It seemed to influence everything. That's right. So uh, why... Could it be because they don't respect nature enough? So gnomes are digging down. Halflings, of course, have... Oh. Uh, have, oh, do we have a perspective? Halflings yes. are digging. Hobbits are very new races from the elven perspective. That's, they're like mold growing on a cheese. Wow, that's good. wow. That's not that's that that would so from he, Rob, okay. For Rob, Rob thinks tea means mold on a cheese. Rob needs to play elves from this point forward. Right. Yeah, I'm going to designate Rob. At, Rob is Rob has elf. a game coming up. Rob, text us when your game is. Yes, I, it's coming up because I want to I want to let people know about it. Is it full? Is it full? Do you have looking for players? I think he's got some space. Yeah. Um, I'd like I, I'd like to play. I don't know if I'm able to join it. And, yeah, gnomes. You know, and I also think maybe also sort of the. Um, well, you know, they have an affinity to the earth, gnomes. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, well, whatever. You know, I mean, I guess we'll have to ask it. Well, elf, it's the idea of aloofness that they only prefer elves. Everyone else is like meh. Half elves is just goodwill. They're like, well, you're half an elf, right? Whereas the whereas half elves, 
um, they prefer elves. So, you know, based on what Gygax is putting here is that half-elves lean more towards the elven side. But they, they, they want to be elves. But they apparently think of others as equals, right? I mean, they measure you based upon, who you know, who you are, not what you are, I think, if I recall from Roger Moore. So in other words, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily... They're just aloof. I don't know that they feel superior, do they? That my recollection of Roger Moore's article is that they don't necessarily feel superior. Well, that's interesting. And he may have said that, but I think I think what's come off well, is the, the haughty, not haughty as in a dwarf, but kind of yeah, you know, elitist. Well, that's why he, I think he had to write this article to clear some of that up, perhaps. Yeah. Well, regardless of racial racial preferences, elves can make friends with. From many races, in all likelihood, elves make few generalizations racially and make judgments on beings on a person-by-person basis. So I think that's right. I think yeah, that, I see that. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds to me like just they're kind of you know. Well, if you're not an elf, they're a little not quite sure about you. It says the the elven feeling of equality and kinship with all beings is well expressed in their religion. So again, you could argue that. I guess. Why do they dislike the war so much? I don't think, did Roger Moore talk about that? I don't think he did because that, there's an A there, antipathy. Right. Well, that goes back to Lord of the, the Rings, Gimli and Legolas. The Hobbit. I mean, even before that, where they're fine. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, right. Uh, so, just a real shout, quick shout out. So, uh, Rob Ritchie, who's one of our DMs, is part of our Grognods Guild. August 17th, he is running an event. Uh, one special one shot. This is the first time he's running for us, so we're very excited about that. Hopefully, we can we can make that. Uh, it's a first edition game, if I remember correctly. So, yes. Um, anything? If Rob, you have anything else more, just put that in the chat because we'd love to talk about that. We're very fortunate. We've gotten you know over the last few months, we've gotten a number of people coming up and and running games, which is fun. That's nice when you get that expanded uh, group of DMs. I know our players appreciate it. That's right. They have some <laughs> options that, that are not as ridiculous as what we have. Remember the mash episode where we have fish and liver or whatever, and that was like for a month? That's right. Oh, it's James and our Dan. James and Dan. Oh. <laughs> right. Something else is on the menu. So, because I was disappointed because Roger Moore was about to talk about, he says, if there's only one more race that warrants a feeling of true hatred, and that is the drow. Who are they? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, Roger Moore points out. They're a rumor. Oh, sorry. Gotcha. Sorry, I was slow. And I was hoping you'd talk about Why the, do you keep mentioning things? I agree with you. The antipathy between the oh, elves and the so dwarves. If you come to his game on uh, August 17th, oh. which again, at some point we're going to have to discuss. Making uh, notes. Yeah, he's making notes. So the pregens will be based on this. this will be, so there may be a, a horrific gnome assassin with horror things. Oh, so we should have. talk about crazy things. <laughs> right. you, you, and you mentioned, but, uh, I, you know what? I've decided I think that we've, we should reconsider the player character, a monster yeah. player character's It'll, discussion from earlier. So when in I this say session. something, it's good. Rob, we're right. not even sure this is Rob. We're just some person who's, uh, who's claimed to be Rob. He says it, and all of a sudden you're now changing your mind. You know what would be awesome? I've moved, to, I've moved to, from T to N. I want to <laughs> let's roll the reaction. You immediately attack me. <laughs> so I think that, you know, I think it would be a cool PC would be a cloaker. A, ooh, that would be amazing. They're very intelligent. They're very, an alien-like. How do you, <laughs> alien intelligence. And they drone on and on. Let's see. They're right, thin. Right. They're thin. They're, thin, they're, they're very intelligent. intelligent. They, and drone they drone on and on. on. And cause people fear and, and other things. Dan Gormansky. <laughs> At least I'm intelligent. 
all over the country. Where's the cloaker? We can see if we put a cloak. Can you stand like this? I'm as thin as a cloaker. You are thin. You have two little hands. But I'm but, but, but I'm as pale as a, sh a sheet phantom. <laughs> You're a half half cloaker. I am. Half I'm a hybrid. Yeah. Half sheet phantom. Yeah. Half cloaker. Phantom. Phantom. That's what we could have a segment where we do two random monsters. The chimera. And we but, hybrid, we merge them. Yeah, merge them. Hybrid. You like that? Yeah, I like the hybrid It's got to be something like someone's crazy laboratory Marquesa. or something like Marquesa's, that. Marquesa's. Marquesa's monster hybrid mashup. Yeah. Marquesa's mashup. Marquesa's mashup. Perfect. I love it. I, you know, we need Carlos to call in with that. Marquesa's I squared? Mashup. I squared, thank you. That's his, that's his name in Cleveland. That's right. The notorious, notorious, notorious I-squared. <laughs> that's right, the notorious Watch out. That dude has a, a, a Cloaker familiar. I like that, too. That would be amazing. Cloaker familiar. Wow. And what's great is you could wear them. <laughs> it's risky. It's risky. <laughs> but you, and you get a sheet phantom familiar right. for when you sleep. Right. Again, risky. Right. <laughs> Living on the, especially if you have three on constitution. Edge. I guess if you have three constitution, you don't really matter. Yeah. Well, you can't be because then you'd be an illusionist. Whatever the minimum constitution I'm gonna, is. I'm, my character, I want to have a sheet phantom B&B. &B. They don't know it. Right. You know? Oh, we should start creating. The warm embrace. The warm embrace, bed and breakfast. <laughs> You'll like have like a cloak will be on the, on the coat rack. will be a, a sheet fan, That's right? right. This would be adventure. That's oh, right. we should submit this to Carlos. The warm embrace bed and breakfast. That's right. As the adventure. There you go. You got to spend a night in the B&B. Cloak with cloakers and sheet phantoms. So. Uh, I don't know. I, hopefully someone finds this entertaining. Rob, oh, he just disconnected. Thanks, Rob. No, I'm just kidding. Out. So I'm an elf. Yes. I like magic, too. So any magical items I'm, I'm probably interested in, right? I'm interested and intrigued by magic. Right. But this is where, again, it comes off. They love magic, and all of a sudden they get they become the dwarf magic quarter is what typically happens, which I don't think it's supposed to be, but that's what you. No, know. I think they're more intrigued. I don't. I, I don't get the sense that they're hoarding and greedy. Right. They would prefer to have interesting. You know, I think if it's a pretty, you know, so it's a sword plus one. I don't think that interests them. But you know, if it's some unique magical item, not for its powerful. Right. Uh, it's use of necessarily magic. right, but just that they're intrigued by it. They might even just want to borrow it. I'll give it back. So, okay, rangers. Yes. Why can't elves be rangers? I am looking forward to this. And Sage Advice had an answer for this. And again, I understand Sage Advice is not canon. So I think what a lot, a lot of times I think what Sage Advice is, I think it was a little hard. It's sort of like being a press secretary. Mm -hmm. If your boss says something. Right. And then you're asked about it. Right. You may have to do a little bit of cleanup. Clean up. Or just not have press conferences. Or just not, right. But they, had, they decide to have Sage. Right. So they decide to have Sage. And, it's, and they've decided to be monthly. So they've kind of, they're stuck their, with it. their issue. And so one of the questions was why can't. Or sell the company. Or sell the company. Why can't elves be rangers? And the answer was rangers have to be bloodthirsty. And elves being, they're not blood, they love life. Right. right, I mean, and Roger Moore talks about this. They have a love of life, and so and the equality of all creatures. The equality of all creatures. So they don't have this bloodthirsty nature that would be necessary to be a ranger. And actually, you know what? I learned a lot about rangers. If you agree with what was said in Sage Advice, I learned a lot about rangers from that. More so than about answering why can't elves be rangers. You know, this idea that elves, uh, that rangers, you know, they they want to slay and kill. Uh, well, they are, they are the last defense. They are the they are the they hit the 
you know, it's more like uh, the Ranger's Apprentice, which, which was a book that Nico read that I read with him from an Austra from an Australian. Uh, I think he's from Australia. I forgot the gentleman's name. I need to put that in the show notes. Australia's taken. I know, but he's, oh, and I don't okay. think he cares whether. But the books were that, and and these Rangers, they they had territories that they were the guardians of, and they maintained. In this case, they were the king's army, but in in the case of Rangers in in D and D, they are protectors of the realm of these wilderlands, right, is what the idea, and they are the guardians of them, and they work to make sure that the humanoids, which are constantly pressing into the into human lands, don't become overrun. Which is why you can't have, what is it, more than two three, in a park? Three, Because yeah. they, they really need to divvy up. If, right. if they're off just adventuring all together, they're not making an efficient use they're, of their they're, numbers. They're, they are park rangers with an attitude. Right, I like that. That is very much kind of like Aragorn, Aragorn, isn't it? From Lord of the Rings. I mean, out there, he's out there doing, doing his, his own thing, alone, right. doing his thing. Right. So the theory was that they're they're bloodthirsty. You know, they want to kill humanoids, and elves just don't have that bloodthirsty nature. Half elves could have it because of their half human side. And James, you raise the issue of, but you can be an elf assassin. Right. And of course, an assassin has to be evil. How does that job? And typically we consider assassins maybe not bloodthirsty, but they certainly have no aversion to killing. Yeah, and I think it's the idea that an, assass an assassin, I think it's the idea that an assassin is going to kill for money, right? So it's one thing to, well, I want to kill humanoids, and I enjoy killing humanoids. It's another thing that I'll kill somebody's grandma if you give me enough coin. Right. And you would ask, well, how does this jive? Uh, because you can have evil elves, of course, otherwise you couldn't be an assassin. Well, I think that, so my, uh, my thought on that is that rangers have to be good. They do. And so if you are a good elf, you, are, you have a love for life. You can be an evil elf, and Roger Moore talks about this, these elves have a hatred of life, the exact opposite. But these elves, although they're bloodthirsty enough to be a ranger, they can't be a ranger because they're not good. So in other words, to be a ranger requires two things. You're good, and you are bloodthirsty in your desire to kill things that are evil. Mm -hmm. An evil elf fails on that, right? I mean, an evil elf doesn't, won't mind the killing, but it's a very narrow bloodthirsty nature. So that, that's my thought as to why a good elf would not be able to be a ranger. Well, I, I guess my thing is, it says, fortunately, with regards to evil assassins, elven assassins, they rarely associate with their own kind, preferring human company, because they give off clues about their secret, which is they hate life. And... Uh, and they're particularly well associated with the bringing of death. And, and assassin class elves commit murder and destruction of life as a matter of routine and a rather fearsome result. And unfortunately, fortunately, they're quite rare. And evil elves strive for the destruction of life rather than accumulation of treasure at any cost. So again, they're only focused. They're still not going to be greedy. They're more focused on manipulating and murdering. Again, the, the Marquesa kind of thing, which is mad. No, we would almost consider madness. She has a quest for power and and attainment through um, learning the dark arts on people and not having any issue. They don't see life as the same. I hear what you're saying. I guess my thing is if they're rare here, why wouldn't there be the rare ranger, elf ranger who has decided that, because again, hu dem, uh, humanoids are not just against, why are they going to be conscientious objectors against uh, humanoids when 
uh, other things. Why are they not, you know, I guess my point of that is elves are in the forest, some they are in nature. The perception of humanoids, again, you can argue that this is not a fair representation, is they, they not only destroy civilization, but they destroy everything they go through. Again, back to the Lord of the Rings thing where Saruman is using them to create weapons of war and despoiling nature. Uh, why wouldn't they want to maximize and protect the status quo not, and, and thus become a ranger? Well, and I guess uh, my only thought on that is is that they might have that desire, but they just don't have in them what it takes to be a ranger. So a ranger as a subclass, you've got to have, I, I know we've talked about this, somewhat high attributes. You've argued, and I, I think it's a good argument, not as high as many people would, might think. They're above average. They're above a average. Lot. There's, there's none exceptional, but you need right. a number above average. But I guess my thought is if you're going to be a ranger, in order to have the skills of a ranger, you really have to have innately in you right. this. So it's not, it's not just I'm a ranger because it's practical to do so. Mm-hmm. I'm a ranger because innately I've got what it takes to be a ranger, both the mindset uh, as well as the physical attributes. So I don't know. Who knows? Um, but that's so, so no druids. No, no rangers. No rangers. Wow. Uh, for uh, and for all we know, maybe it, uh, maybe it was. Game and Bounce for me, Honor. this is where I think we have to be careful as DMs when I don't want to call them inconsistencies of why magic users can't wear armor. Why it's because that's the game. It's just the game. That's what you do. Why why do you need an explanation? Sometimes yeah. I think we 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 overcomplicate things. Half orcs can't be illusionists. Why? We don't sit here and go, why can't they be illusionists? Why can't they be magic users? And why Why can you only have NPC clerics? So we know that there's halfling clerics, right? And there's halfling druids, I believe, too, isn't there? As NPCs? Uh, that's a good question. But you can't. Um, you know, I Yes, want... they can be druids. They can't be clerics. Right. Halflings. Oh, there's no halfling clerics? No, not here. There you go. Oh, it's a no. That's right. It's a no. Druids. It's a no on halfling clerics. Does right. that consistent with? Well, we should we Wait, should talk about that. When we talk about halflings, yeah. probably because we're gonna have plenty of time to talk halflings because gnomes will be quick. Right. Just see what we talk about gnomes, uh, dwarves, and and halflings, and just combine the right. worst of both of them, and that's, and that's what, it. That's gnomes. And 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 speak burning animals. We'll spend, well, that will spend two hours on. That's in a whole episode. Right. Burning animals. What's a burning animal? Exactly. We need a zoologist. Well, all I care about is squirrels. Not I just. What? <laughs> so could you argue that rangers are human because rangers are human, right. so to speak? Meaning yeah. it's like Lord of the Rings. Right. So rangers is not simply like, oh, I want to be a ranger. Like a fighter, manager, thief, I want to – it's like you're picking a major. I want to be this. Right. Can you make the argument that rangers are different? Rangers are like a special group, and right. it's, it's a group that was created by humans. And so that's the club. Right, exactly. It's not, it's not that you could make the army. It's not that an elf wouldn't have the ability to be a good ranger. It's just, you know, the elves may look at the rangers and be like, well, they're doing their thing. Yeah. We do our thing. Right. We, we're, we wouldn't become rangers because yeah, we're, not, we're, we're not part of that club. You can go down that route. There's so many ways. I mean, the simple way is because it's the way the game is. I'm so sad, too bad. And, and then you have to decide as a DM, do you want to allow these things? Again, <clears throat> like someone... I have a dwarf paladin, and I did have for a while when Nick was able to play an elf ranger. Right, recall. right. I do so you say, so I, the reason I keep bringing this up is because you just had a full-throated defense I of know. it. And I then in the last game that you ran, 
That's uh, two years ago. That, Over two years. That ago. last game. One of the games you ran, you allowed for an elf ranger. Yeah, can you be an elf ranger in the book that shall not be yes, named? Yes, the book. Yeah, the book. So what happened with the game is they abandoned all that, and they basically said you can pretty much almost have any combination. And then later editions, you basically could be anything you want to be. So maybe that's where it started when people showed up. Maybe they didn't realize that we weren't using the book that shall not be named. Yes. And so they just assumed, oh, of course I can be right. an elf ranger. But it, well, that's the same thing with why they um, thieves and short bows. Oh, that's another one, too. That's where? Because yeah. I have players that show up and, and they yeah. want to play thieves and want to use bows. And a staff sling. The cleric wants a staff sling. And you're like, what is that? I don't know, I don't know what that sling. is. Well, it's, it's in the book that shall be not Right, named. okay. I think the... I think, actually, and i got to say his name, right? The Chamberlain, his august potency, Archduke, the shrewd guardian of Australia, uh, David Thompson, his argument is the best when it comes to this. You know, you, I agree, rangers are, are humans. They're a special version of... Um, they're meant for this purpose. They're not meant for... Sorry about that. I have my beepy thing on. Uh, they, they, they have this purpose of being a borderland fighter. Remember, if you recall, what he said was, hey, why, why are we, um, when you're a fighter and you want to be a pirate, we don't need a pirate subclass. Just be a fighter. Well, that's right. And be a pirate. So if you want to be a, a woodland defender of the woods, right. well, that's different than a ranger. A ranger is the special thing for humans. You just, you just be a fighter magic user because you could basically... Emulate that if you wanted to. You could be a holy knight, so right. to speak, without being a paladin. Correct. Right? I mean, you don't get the attributes, but... Yeah, but that, and that's where it comes back to. They want the... It's, it's not about role-playing. It's about getting the benefits of that. They want that ability to get plus one to damage against uh, humanoid giant-class creatures. And, and that's where you could argue that they just don't... That's not their... That's not their bag. They don't care about... Uh, fighting. They're good at fighting everyone. They're not they're right. just good at fighting. That's why they get the plus one to sword and, and right. bow, because they're just good at fighting all kinds of creatures. Uh, they, they're not necess- they don't engage in uh, the wars that the dwarves have had to because of the where they live. You know, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. We do have all this big discussion, and then, you know, we like, guy axes around, and he's like, oh, yeah, that was a typo. Well, if we, you know, I, 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 I mentioned blue there. Well, I, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't think he would say that. With as I look back, as we look back at that. But which, by the way, if you notice, our, our set is looking is looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. We've made a lot of improvements here. So I think we've beaten this to uh, to death here. As far as the Gygax's hair on fire. No, his Gygax's his, hair is not on fire. Oh, okay. You're, his hair is fine. Perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. Anything else we need to talk about um, elves or uh, half-elves related to what, it, what they're doing, why you play them, advantages, disadvantages? And again, the source material we would recommend. The easiest way to do is Dragon, uh, Best of Dragon Volume 3, which is holding up the Monster Manual, DMG, and uh, Player's Handbook. I can't imagine. Right, we've spent a lot of time on it. Okay. I think that's. Uh, I think those are good things. So, our last uh, thing we need to do is a suggestion. Suggestion. I suggested Citadel by the Sea. I may have. Can I? I don't that think adventure. You have. So, Citadel by the Sea is. Well, we know it. We know which one that is in. 
Is it 71? 78. Oh, 78. And the reason why that came to mind is not only is it, I think, a great adventure, I think it's fairly short, and you know I like short adventures. Yes. It has a time aspect to it that if, you know, I allowed you guys to go out and rest, which, you know, again, I'm being a softy. Right. But it has a time aspect to it, and uh, it's, it's a very well-received adventure. And the reason why I thought of it is because it deals with something called the Curse of the Elves. So at the beginning of the adventure, the Curse of the Elves has fallen. Mm-hmm. And so since today's segment dealt with elves, I thought it would be a good uh, recommendation. Oh, that is that is that is good. Um, and I hope they fail safe. It's a great module. And in fact, aren't you trying to get someone who wrote the third place one of that? What was what's the story? Yes, that now? yeah, we have a copy of that one. So Citadel by the Sea was a contest winner, won first place in the Dragon Magazine Adventure Contest, and the third place uh, winner. Uh, has provided me a copy of his adventure, and so we're going to take a look at it. He he said, if we want to, we can you know do something you know maybe spruce it up. I don't change the substance, of course. Right, right. That. Uh, and maybe you know make it available to a patron, something like that. So we've got a copy of that. So I'm very excited to be able to read that. So Jerry Upton, so thank you very much. Oh, okay, Jerry Upton. Jerry Upton, nice. thank you very much, Jerry, for sending that to me. I can't wait to read. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, it's um, yeah, so. Uh, I'm actually trying to, I tried to find the author of Citadel by the Sea. Mm-hmm. I think I found, but I think he'd be, I found somebody who's about 83 mm. living in South Carolina who lived in, I think, West, uh, West is it uh, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's the right guy. And I sent him a text and it came back as a landline. I'm considering calling it, but he's 83. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, you know, you have been stalking a number of people. Yes. I mean, you found someone who hasn't uh, thought about Dungeons and Dragons for thirty years. Until Correct. You, until you, until you knock rattled their cage, and hopefully right. they'll uh, they're going to join us real soon. Yeah. So we'll, we'll announce that when we we are confident that uh, we'll be having that. Uh, we'll, we'll announce that. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I, I'm going to uh, suggest. I mean, I've talked about Traveler because that's a game we're planning on playing. Uh, I've talked about Star Frontiers. Uh, I'm going to suggest Boot Hill is because again, old school games. This is one I would like to play again. It's been something, um, and there are PDFs of it if you go to R- through G, uh, Drive Through RPG. And I think one of the things that is definitely encouraged in the first edition, maybe it was a cross marketing ploy, but this idea of a mashup. You have a very serious game in first edition. You're, you have an epic thing. Um, Gary Gaius talks about, you know, especially the idea of his, uh, you know, Castle Greyhawk, that you could step into worlds that were, you know, th- there was an idea that every uh, planet or in the prime material was um, all f- fantasy land. They were Western planets, uh, science fiction, and these mashups were something that would be fun. And so uh, Boot Hill, I've never played directly. It's something I would want to play. And I was reading the rules again with it. And, and in light of that, um, it would be fun to have a, a mashup of that. You ran Boot Hill, though. I did. Didn't you? Not uh, Boot Hill, Bone Hill. I'm talking about oh, Boot Hill. Oh, Boot. Oh, my gosh. Yes. This whole time I was thinking Bone Hill. No, I'm talking about Boot Hill. We're not recommending this. <laughs> Boot Hill. <laughs> Maybe Bo- later. Bone Hill is great. If, right. and, uh, you no, know, we're not a, recommending it's a Len, today. It's a um a module, and it's one of the first that I remember as being very sandboxy. It, it does require a different skill set. Um, 
in that there's not a driver. It's very B2-like because B2 doesn't right. have a f- plot. It's just go out and clear the dungeon. Here, you end up in the town where we're in today, where we're sitting at the uh, the inn of the Dying Minotaur, and there's no clear plot. You get a bunch of rumors, and you got to figure out what you're doing. So, But Boot Hill is, is one of the ones, like Gamma World, that in the Dungeon Master's Guide, it talks about you have a Boot Hill character or you have a D&D character and they enter the Western world. How does the weapons work and everything mm-hmm. else? And in one of these mod, uh, the reason I brought that up is when I was looking through um, volume five of Best of Dragon, there was a thing about how to convert World War II weapons into um, AD&D. So 20th century adventuring. So this idea of use... And this was from 1982, 57, acceptable, right? Wow. The time period is acceptable. 57, 82. Yeah, no, the time period. It's within the acceptable time period. Right. But this idea of, you know, they were talking about top secret here, which we talked about before. But going back for it, it's not a, you you do this as a one shot. You do this as something Mm -hmm. just to kind of break the tension of it. And uh, that's the same thing with paranoia, which, by the way, I am going to... be scheduling a paranoia thing once we get through the uh, summer grog con, which is July 27th, Gary Gygax Day. So we're coming up with that. I got to send you my notes this weekend. The grog con so, tournament, not grog con convention. Grog con is 11, uh, October 11th through the ter- 13th. I hope you guys can make it. So uh, let's go over a few things. First, we have a contest ending July 7th. Please send that in to either info at grogcon.com, go to our webpage, grogcon, and post there. Or you can go to Twitter and put hashtag GrogCon2019. Uh, we have our event July 27th, which will be at Sci-Fi City. We'll be broadcasting live, and then we'll be doing our tournament, which we're working on as we speak. Uh, then we'll be, there'll probably be a couple of other one-shots that you'll try to do in preparation for GrogCon, which is October 11th through the 13th, which will be at the Days, Inn, uh, Days Park Inn. It's going to be in uh, Kissimmee. And... Um, you can go to Tabletop Events to register for that. If you like what we're doing, please uh, like and subscribe. That's always helpful. And we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We are on uh, Google Play and iTunes. So, um, again, we thank everyone. It's great uh, people like Rob come and contribute. Um, so, again, this was a special event because it is July 4th, and I know the whole world is celebrating July 4th and what it means to them throughout the planet. It's, you know, it's, an, it's a global holiday. Right. Uh, we're, no, we're, no, it's not. We're, we're, we're happy we're independent. They're happy we're independent. <laughs> They're happy we left the Commonwealth. <laughs> we, can agree, we agree on that. That's right. So, um, you know, I, I, again, that's so we had this, and, and I'm off to do some things. And Dan is, so again, thank you for listening to Grog Talk. I'm James. I'm Dan. And we'll see you next time for Grog Talk. This has been a Bushy Puppy production. All rights reserved.